0: Welcome to episode 34 of Realm and Ruin, your friendly Warhammer podcast. A podcast so Warhammer that we get a free pass to the Warren Spire all aboard. Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always a guy who would definitely survive the Rubicon, it's Cameron. How you doing, mate? Uh,
1: I'm doing pretty well. I'm not sure I'm that hale and hearty, but I aspire to be one day.
2: <laughs> What's
0: it, 68% chance? 63? Oh, I thought that I was remember. a of failure. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, I was try- I'm trying to give you good yeah. odds there. Yeah, well, <laughs> do your best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we are again. It feels like ages since we recorded. I don't it's know why.
1: Long- it's only been two weeks. I think it's, I have the same feeling. I think it's because we've both actually been quite active in the hobby over two weeks. Mm. So it feels like we've done a lot more than normal.
0: Yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would dis- I would agree with that. I think because we've <laughs> been quite flat out in for different reasons. Also, mm. we're recording a day later because I made a cheeky trip to Warhammer World yesterday, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I'll talk about later. So yeah, it feels ages. Mm. And, you know, there's been bits going on in the the, uh, yeah the old hobby world (laughs) so which we'll talk about later right actually talking about the show what are we going to be on about so uh we'll obviously have probably quite a nice hobby section to talk about because like we alluded to we've got quite a bit to talk about and then we'll get stuck into the news which is going to be a bit primaris heavy but Mm-hmm. That's the uh, what's going on at the moment. <laughs> and then for the main law topic, we're going to talk about the recent law from the new board game or spin-off game Warcry. So, that'll be quite interesting. And then, at the end, we'll have a discussion topic, which is in the 40k universe, where we're basically going to talk about the particular Xenos factions, and sort of see, right, who needs attention? Mm. (laughs) Who needs a bit of (laughs) whammer love? (laughs) And that'll be the end of the show. So, uh, we'll do a bit of admin stuff first. So, right, let's do something very exciting. Let's let's announce some competition winners. Mm. So... If you were listening to last episode, we basically announced that because we hit uh, forty thousand downloads, very appropriate, obviously considering what yeah. we, <laughs> <what> we cover. <laughs> we did a, um, a did a competition where basically myself and Cameron are going to paint the Funko Pop Intercessors, the unpainted ones, you know, in our in a scheme of our choosing, obviously devoted to our podcast. And like I said just before the show, we did a random number generator, so I can assure you it is random (laughs) that we we picked two winners. So our two competition winners are, uh, from our Discord and also on Twitter as well, uh, Martin P., um, who does happen to be my work colleague, but that's just pure coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the second winner is off Twitter, and that's Sombra Mine. Okay, so, um, I mean, obviously we will announce this on Twitter later today. And obviously the show will go out next week. So in theory, you guys should already know about this <laughs> before yeah, you listen to fine. our show. <laughs> Just, we'll obviously announce it to, you know, say, well done. Yeah. Lucky you. You're going to yeah. be in Funko pop heaven.
1: <laughs> yeah. You get, you get a yeah, custom painted, absolutely perfect, high quality. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nah. Look, um, be, be thankful with what you get. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's our standard. <laughs> yeah, it's what makes it special. It's our work. <laughs> exactly, it's
0: personal. It's mm. you know a lot of love will go into it when we yeah. get around to doing them. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I've already decapitated mine, but you know, well, yeah,
0: exactly. That's that's love in someone's eyes. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so so yeah, well done to you guys, and obviously a big thank you to everyone that entered and obviously everyone that has supported the show to get to that lovely milestone as well. Mm. And obviously if you want to support the show, if you want to check us out on social media, if you want to join our community, all the links will be down in the description as always. And obviously talking about our community on Discord if you would like to join and uh, it's obviously always free to join. You can ask us a question, which we then obviously in turn, we will answer on the mm. show. And Cameron, it's that time already. So, oh boy. And be, wa- <laughs> be wary. This is a two parter. Yeah. So <laughs> this is from pillar of the community, red shadow. And he basically says, right. I've got two questions for you. Uh, who is, so part one, <laughs> who is your second favorite black library author? <laughs> okay. So I mm. think he's still guessing who our favorite is. And. <laughs> And second part, if you had to live in either the forty k or AOS universe, which one would you choose? Okay. Mm. Mm. Wow. Right. So, second favorite author, Cameron, uh, Black Library um, author.
1: Yeah, I feel I feel this is a fair question because I feel the king of Black Library in my eyes was never in doubt. It's obviously Josh Reynolds, (laughs) Uh, but there are a lot of other authors that I'm really big fans of. There's you know, everyone loves Dan Abner, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I am actually going to go with Robbie though, because okay, yeah, he's lovely, and I really like his writing. And as we'll talk about in the hobby section, I actually have just finished reading something of his. Uh, so, uh-huh. yeah, no, I, I find I, I do really enjoy his uh, his work quite a bit. It's been yeah. a good time.
0: Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Um I think, like you, I think I'm just always impressed with what josh reynolds does as my number i would it's difficult isn't it it's like it's it like really picking is. your favorite children here <laughs> you know so it's a you know it's not trying to sort of say that this one's always better than the other one because you know everyone's oh, yeah, got their own no. thing haven't they so mm. i i like you i just always like everything that josh has always written and i think whether it's 40k or aos he pretty much nails it most of the time mm. and but then I, you know, I still like people like Guy Haley, Gav Thorpe, um, yeah. ADB, and people like that. So it's, it is difficult. I think if I had to pick a second, though, I would probably maybe pick Chris Rate. I think mean, Rate, yeah. thats how you pronounce Rait. it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because he, he's one of those that's where I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. He's one of those where, I, and no disrespect to him, I I often forget about him, and I don't. Again, I don't mean that derogatory, because he, he's one of those. To me, he's a bit of one of those silent authors where, like, mm. you forget. Actually, you know what? He does some damn good work. <laughs> you know. So it, you know, he's done like recently, like the Hollow Mountain, which was a sequel to the Carrion Throne, and mm. and and uh, obviously ones like Lords of the si- Lords of yes. Silence, the the Nergal one. He, again, he, he's he's very good at describing things. And mm. I think he set some really good little univ- you know, little environments in the universe. So again, yeah, I think I would have him ag- again, Robbie would be up there because again the, the 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 few that he's done I've always liked. And like you said, he's a he's an absolute gentleman as well. So yeah. it's, a, it's such a difficult question to answer <laughs> really. But yeah, I would say I'd say Chris Wright, I'd say. Um mm. right, and, and which universe would you pick?
1: Oh, Oh, Age of Sigma, without a doubt, there is at least a shred of goddamn hope in that universe. <laughs> I would, I would rather work selling prophecies and dreams in Excelsis than being a menial labourer on a Forge World. Just putting yeah. that out there. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I totally agree with you. I'd, I would hundred percent, hundred and ten percent pick AOS over Forty K mm. if I had to live there. Forty K is just too depressing. I mean, I obviously, mean, it's great. It's great in a way. Well it's great in a way that that obviously we get to talk about all the grim darkness and all the horrible stuff. Mm. It, it's mm. just that every time I've read anything that covers what the menials are doing at sort of ground yeah. level, yeah. it just seems really bleak. Whereas like you said, I think in AOS, obviously it depends which realm you live in depends which city you live in there is always that you can almost make something of yourself potentially oh, yeah yeah you know and yeah i think i think I, to have a chance <laughs> i would like to be in, a, in the immortal realms please <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean like I, I know there are places in 40k that are actually quite nice like um in some of the eisenhorn books there are these nice little not quite pleasure planets but like normal current day earth level planets where yeah. it's like, not everyone's drafted into the guard, not everyone's a servitor, like there's actual open natural spaces and stuff still around. I think it was Gudrun in the Eisenhorn books, I think was the name of the planet, mm-hmm. was yeah. actually sounded, sounded quite nice. You know, most of the people there are merchants and, you know, factory workers, but not like awful forge world factory workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but like, in terms of proportionally, because I'm assuming it's an equally random chance I get born into any given position in each universe. For every garden world like the Drun, there's like a thousand odd worlds that are just awful to live on. Whereas in Age of Sigma, even in like the really awful realms to live in, like the realm of death, there are still like decent spots of civilization. Like people still live yeah. very normal lives in Shaish and, uh, yeah, and in exactly. Aish and Akshi and places like that. Yeah, no, it's like mm. you, you can live. <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably <laughs> yeah, not I get think... eaten by demons.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'd
0: like I said, I think having a chance is the the way i would sum it up you've got a chance i think whereas in 40k yeah you do have a chance as well but it's so slim i think and it is mm. so so dependent on if you if you are really lucky and end up on the on a nice planet <laughs> yeah which there's not yeah. that many of compared to <laughs> the bad ones so yeah, yeah i think we're in agreement there <laughs> cool well thank you red thank you for your question mate Right, mm-hmm. let's move on to the hobby section. Like I said, we've got a nice tasty bit to talk about on both sides. So, yeah. Cameron, kick us off, mate. What have you been up to?
2: Cool.
1: Uh, so, um, I've done some painting. I've done some reading. Uh, I don't think I've actually bought anything over the last two weeks. is a little unusual <laughs> for me. Uh, and I've done some playing... <laughs> Twice, right? Twice. Okay. once a week on a regular schedule, it's awful Heck, Get uh. out of here, <laughs> stop showing me up <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, So for, for context, I play d d with a lot of different people And some of those people used to be into Warhammer And now they are sort of wanting to get back in More into AOS because they were heavily into Warhammer Fantasy And they have a bunch of old models from that and then they asked me, like, you know, would you be interested in taking part in a path to glory game? And I went, yes, mm. I would love, I would love to do that. Uh, and then things actually got sort of really organized. Now we have like a little campaign sheet and everything that we're tracking stuff on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So we, uh, we're doing a little three, three person path to glory game. Uh, so it's not every game is a three person game, obviously, but. Mm-hmm uh i've sort of sort of written up this little campaign that's 8 battles long the first 7 are just the one on one fights like normal but the final one will be a big triumph and treachery game i'm going to write up a big battle plan for and have lots of fun and interesting things to do with hopefully um and this i've called it realm chaser because basically i like the realm rules and i feel we should use them more <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a particular rule which is the start of the battle you got to roll an 8 sided dice to see which realm you're fighting in obviously you you reroll 8s so we're not allowed to fight in this year yet um <laughs> <laughs> and you can also um you also have a home realm for your warband uh, and if you're in if you're if you happen to fight a battle in that realm you get an extra artifact that you can pop on a hero cause, but it has to be from that realm's artifact list just to right. yeah, make nice. things a little interesting, yep. like, yeah, this is where you're meant to be. He picked up this extra gear just for this fight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, because I want I want the, the armies to grow a little. So we're currently four games in. Uh, and I put a thing, so after the third game, you get to get an extra artifact that you can give to a hero. Can't be the one that already has one, obviously. Uh, and after the fifth game, another hero who's not the general can get a command trait and just like give them a little more individual feeling in how mm-hmm. they work. Um, and the idea is after the eighth battle, whoever's got the most glory points wins. Uh, if if there's a tie, whoever's won the most battles wins instead. So nice and simple. Uh, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm playing Nighthaunt, and then I've got a friend playing Dispossessed and a friend playing Destruction... But like the mostly the old green skins models with some glue (laughs) spike gets thrown in. Yeah. Uh, So I have an advantage, but I also have a disadvantage, which is so the advantage is Nighthorn are much newer rules wise and have much better rules. The disadvantage is Nighthorn and Path to Glory are actually really really kind of gimped right at the start uh oh really okay yeah i Um, heard
0: that i heard that some factions just innately are better at path to glory not 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 necessarily because mm. of how old or new their rules are i think just because of certain factors and the way things expand as time goes on it's just some some factions just get to ramp up really well whereas some don't i think
2: mm-hmm
1: yeah, well with Night Haunt, the big thing is, as as an army in like Age of Sigma proper, Night Haunt really flourish when you have a bunch of different types of heroes which all give their different buffs, like spirit torments that like you re-roll hits, uh what are they called? The the guard guys with the Guardian lanterns who are the mages they regen your units and they give you plus one to wound, a night of Shrouds on a horse gives you an extra attack, a night of regular regularly gives you plus one to hit. Like all those buffs together are what make Night Haunt really fantastic in <laughs> Age of Sigma proper. Uh the problem is as your Warbands Champion, you can choose a Knight of Shrouds, a Knight of Shrouds on a Steed, a Guardian of Souls, a Spirit Torment, or a Lord Executioner. Uh, you have to choose one of them, and you can't get any of them later on as Hero Followers. The Hero oh, Followers okay. are Can Wraiths, Tomb Banshees, and one other hero that I can't remember. Oh, uh, the uh, the Knight of Shrouds, the guys on horses. Dreadblades? Dreadblades.
2: Yeah, so Yeah. am Yeah,
1: <clears throat> Yeah, uh, so you only get to choose one of the Heroes that gives a key like aura buff to all of your units, and you don't get any of the others ever. Um, which is a bit awkward. Mm. Uh, so I ended up picking the regular Knight of Shrouds on foot, because the plus one to hit is pretty good, and I had one already painted up from last year sometime. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I I to be fair. I can't say I've been doing badly. I have won every game I've played. Um, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel that is less to... I feel that is a combination of Nighthaunt having decent rules, even though they're a little gimped overall in Path of Glory, and me being a more experienced player, like, in recent terms. Yes. yeah. yeah one, of guy, one of these guys One of these guys has never played war games before. The other one, the last time he played Warhammer, was in, like, Fantasy 7th Edition or something. <laughs> so he's, he's coming from a very different background on how you maneuver your units and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, So, we're halfway through. We've done four games. I've got one minor victory and three major victories under my belt. Uh, Nice. Which is pretty good. Uh, I've got 10 glory points, which I'm going to have to start spending because I don't want to pull ahead too much. And also, I want more (laughs) units. But the the, the thing is, like, those older units, like the old green skins and the dispossessed, their stats aren't great. But there Mm. are just a lot of them out there. Like, I've got, at the moment, I've got, let me count up real quick. I've got... 29 models in my army there are 51 dwarves and something like nearly 60 orcs wow that I have to compen- okay <laughs> that i have to contend with because <laughs> okay. uh, they they just keep you know they get like this batch of 10 guys and this batch of 10 guys and this batch of 10 mm. guys and i'm like well i can take more i can take chain rasps in 10s but everything else comes in threes or fives yeah that's
0: <laughs> what they do actually yeah
1: yeah, um, so I'm I'm down on the numbers, but I think it's mostly the ignore rend and uh, the occasional mortal wound pulling me through in a lot of situations. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've accidentally specced into a, su- a sort of super bravery debuffing army uh, because there is the native the native trait for nighthorns, which is minus one bravery within six inches, and then my knight of shrouds gives an additional minus one bravery within six inches. And then my twenty chain rasps also give a minus one bravery within twelve inches due to like random rewards that I've rolled for both the Knight of shrouds and the chain rasp. So I'm like, <laughs> if I position it right, I've got this big bubble of like negative three bravery around all my units. And then you know they're orcs; they're bravery five to start with. And I'm like, oh, I feel kind of bad about that actually. <laughs> like, I I kill three people and six more run. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but on the other hand. I've got to fight like 40 orcs at a time.
2: So, yeah.
0: Hazardly, <laughs> yeah. you're playing to the odds.
1: Yeah, playing to the odds a little. Um, It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we found out that dispossessed, are, if you play them like a dwarf, like a dwarf player should, I should say, dispossessed are tough as nails and often steal things right at the end of the game that you didn't expect them to do. Like uh, my very <laughs> first game, when so I started with the Night of Shrouds, a Can Wraith. Four Mirmon Banshees, three Spirit Hosts, and ten Chain Rasps. I've gone up to twenty Chain Rasps now. But the very first game, it was that versus ten Iron Breakers, ten Thunderers, and ten Quarrelers with a Dwarf Warden King. Um, I wiped everything out except for three Quarrelers. I'm like, it was a game where you have to hold three objectives at the end to win. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've hold, I help I hold three objectives, so I'll, I'll win at the end of this turn. It's like, ah, oh, but my three quarrelers, the only remaining dwarves in the entire game have to go before you, before the <laughs> turn ends. And they ran around, the, well, they didn't actually run, they just marched four inches up, shot and killed one of the four remaining banshees, then made a 12 inch charge <laughs> and clubbed two more banshees to death. So they outnumbered them on that one objective three to one. So, the dwarves took that objective. So, I was only holding two instead of three and got a minor victory instead of major victory. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well done. (laughs) Like, just out of nowhere. And it keeps happening. And also, I think the dice know when they're rolling for iron breakers, because those iron breakers are way better than they should be. (laughs) Like, statistically speaking, they'll they'll put out like 19 attacks hitting on threes. And it's like, cool, I missed two. I'm like, what? (laughs) It just happens all the time. I'm like, sure. Great, wonderful. <laughs> like, I, I can kill the Warriors. I can kill the Thunderers. I can kill the Quarrelers. I can even kill the Warden King. But there is always, like, three Iron Breakers left at the end of every game now. <laughs>
0: Just, what know do what I do with spend.
1: them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's been a ton of fun. We've played in, I think, every realm except Gur between the three of us at this point, um, which has been pretty great. We've experienced, you know... The leeching life out of your subordinates in Shaish. We've, we've had the no ranged attacks in Ulgu. Um, we've had the teleport wherever you want in Haish. Uh, the most recent was bloodstorms in Akshi. So like, you know, at the start of the hero phase, you roll a dice on a six. This geyser of boiling blood erupts and just wipes out everyone near it with a bunch of mortal wounds. Uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it, I <feel> it adds <laughs> a lot of tension, adding in more of those realm rules. Uh, and it's just been a really great time just mm, to, and, yeah on Thursdays I go and I play a couple of games of Path to Glory and then I can go home and cook it's great
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, same, the way you're describing it, it sounds like you're really enjoying it and mm. and also it's it's nice because I think sometimes Path to Glory gets forgotten about a lot of the mm. time you know it's one of those things which because obviously it's the the original rule book is still a thing like it's still mm. out there and exists and obviously they've been updating it via the the battle tomes and obviously such like but they've not re branded it have they or well, not rebranded it no. not re like re-updated it you know in like no. a new new book. so i think some people just naturally forget about it and so yeah. no i think that's great i think that's great you've <clears throat> got like a regular thing going so it, it gives you a regular warhammer playing every week yeah as well exactly <laughs> that's cool oh, i like that
1: yeah yeah it's been a ton of fun and it's mean it means i've been actually like painting stuff which seems wrong somehow at this point. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> So in, in terms of painting things, contrast reigns supreme um, mm-hmm. just earlier today because uh, we're recording in the afternoon, my time, everyone. Uh, if you're on our Twitter, you'll know I've spent most of the day cooking a brisket. So in between nice. turning that around and keeping an eye on it, I have just been sitting down with contrast painting chain rasps. Uh, <laughs> it didn't take that long, honestly, um, because way back when... Sort of like this time last year when I first really got into Nighthorn. I had a bunch, I think it was last year. Yes. Yeah, it was. It would have been because it's just before Age of Sigmar 2.0, which, yeah, this was, would have been just after that came out. Uh, I was painting everything. It was like, cool, I've got like this four-step process to get the green. I'm using the Nighthorn Gloom for the shrouds and everything. Is like, nah, just warp lightning green for contrast. Your green's done. <laughs> Put the Nighthorn <laughs> Gloom on it. That's done. Oh, the hafts of weapons and pieces of wood and stuff, just wild wood. It's so so good
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's good when you actually find a a contrast paint or paints that you really click with because i've Mm. so far they've been a bit mixed for me which i'll i'll get onto obviously when i cover my stuff but Mm. yeah it's nice when you find like yes this works so well yeah (laughs) this is exactly what i want (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: like i mean they're not they're not an amazing standard but they're ghosts i've got a lot of them and it's. I mean, I was doing like one at a time really quickly, but it took me like 20 minutes total to paint a chain rasp earlier. So, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still got to base them and everything, but uh, they're basically done. They're good enough is is the point. Yeah, um, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, I've I've done a little more painting on the, the new Chaos Knight, not the old Chaos Knight, which is well done, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> getting there, getting there. I've just got to clean up the legs a little more then. I can spray them, and then everything except the top carapace will be primed, and everything except the top carapace will basically be paint- painted at that point. So, uh, lovely. It's it's getting closer to done. Again, I've slowed down a lot, mostly because I'm not in the school holidays anymore, so I have to actually do work. Got to go teach kids. Got to teach kids how to play the violin. Uh, it's awful. Um, <laughs> That's not uh, Warhammer. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, look if I could, if I if I could convert knights for people full time, I think I would actually do that as a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet
0: you would. Yeah.
1: So if someone out there has a million dollars and wants an wants like a ten thousand point army of knights, just call me up. I will, I will. I'll say, I'll say bollocks to school teaching. Here, yeah, I'm gonna, am gonna sit down and play with toy robots all day and get paid for it. I won't keep them. Yeah, but I'll and you'll give and nice. you'll give
0: them a fair price as well. Oh yeah, uh, that's quite a few thousand.
1: Yeah, look, if if you buy it if you buy it in your country and send it to me, that's a big discount already. Instead of yeah. me having to buy it for you, so you know
0: it's fun. Exactly, that that's more <laughs> than fair, Cameron. More than fair.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's been fun. Uh, I have gotten some more painting done on the Funko Pop, uh, that, that one of you has won a uh, Mine is the one this one is going to go to because yep. you can obviously just hand one to Martin. Yes, uh, true. <laughs> no postage here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still, I'm still getting base coats down now. So like I've done the base of doing the base coat on the helmet, which is a weird way to look at it, but, um, I'm basically using contrast paints to lay down a, a splotchy base color that fills in all the recesses, kind of like a wash. And then I'm going over and actually layering a proper base on. Uh, so the helmet is Talisar blue all over it right now. And then cool. to block out the color a little more, it's Talisar blue mixed with, mixed with Nighthorn gloom. Actually, then I'm going to go over that with some teclas blue and stuff and really bulk up and bolden up the colors. And then mm-hmm. the body is just. Shyish purple and then Abaddon black over the top and then I'll be doing like edge highlighting and dry brushing to bring out the details on that. Um, I'm probably going to do some uh, some decals, transfers, uh, just to work out which ones. I, I feel like the head is so big, I'm missing an opportunity if I don't stick something somewhere on it. Uh, <laughs> just give them loads of tattoos. <laughs> yeah, something Transfer like that. Transfer tattoos. <laughs> uh, but, but we'll see. Uh, and I'm still kind of like, feeling out what, like, the overall heraldry should be. It's going to be mostly, like, this deep black with a little purple tint from the shyish purple and then blue helmet with, I think, a white faceplate is what I'm going to go for.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Um, yeah, so we'll see We'll see how that goes. I've got to get down and do that in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, because <laughs> this should be sent off somewhat orderly. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm. uh, and then in terms of reading, I've read a bit more of Gaunt's Ghosts, which continues to be quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, didn't know there were men of iron at one point, which was interesting. It was like, not like not for long in the book, but they were there for a little bit. I was like, oh, there, okay. There's, okay. there's an actual, there's an actual men of iron bit and everything. That's cool. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> it, it's been quite fun. I'm beginning to see why people love this series so much. Like I'm beginning to fall in love with the Tanith first and only because they're, they're, they're a good band of characters, uh, which is pretty great. Uh uh-huh. and like just you know, getting to know them like here's Braggs, the guy who dual wields an autocannon. Like he's wow. he's got yeah. a pintle mounted autocannon and just carries it around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Stop that. You're a normal
1: human. You're not allowed. <laughs> not allowed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's 40k you can do what you want <laughs> yeah exactly that's fair
1: um so I, i'm getting through that uh and i keep leaving it in my work bag and forgetting it's there which is why i've not read more and more of it i feel i would have <laughs> been like i feel i would have gone through most of the first anthology by now if not for oh where's has gone's ghost can't find it i'll read this other thing right now i guess and then go oh wait no it's in my backpack <laughs> <laughs> but it also means i can read it on break at work so you know yeah. whatever yeah um and I also just finished reading The Bone Desert by Robbie McNiven, friend of the show. Oh, what do you think? Uh, I quite enjoyed it. Uh it's good mm. to have it's good to have Gotrek back. Uh I feel maybe yeah. I should have maybe I should have listened to the uh the audio drama first. <laughs> Cause...
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean you can get away with not but yeah, it sort of it ties nicely into mm. Bone Desert. So yeah, if you if you do check out Realm Slayer it's, it is worth it.
1: Yeah. Plus, you know, there's more Gotrek coming, so i we'll to reading more of those. It's it's nice to have him back. It's interesting to see like the importance people place on him. Like, yeah, this guy, this guy is from the old world. At least he says so. He's he's got this. He's got the rune of Grimnir, so maybe he's Grimnir, and uh, <laughs> and he's he's very scary. He's very scary. Uh, but also, sometimes he just sits down. And he's like, I don't understand why you're all like this. What is wrong with <laughs> all of you? He, like you said, easy Got- back then.
0: <laughs> exactly. Gottrek <laughs> is like an old school fantasy player that hasn't come to terms with AOS. <laughs> it's like, mm. I don't get these Stormcast and, yeah. and flying eels yeah. and stuff. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Make it go away.
1: <laughs> oh, I just love how he's... It's not a good trait to be discriminatory of people, but I love how he's constantly in little ways discriminating against, um, Malaneth, the daughter of Cain who travels with him. Cause he's like, yes, you damn, damn Druchi. I know your kind. I know your ways. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, like, what's a Druchi? Yeah. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's good. He, uh, uh, he's really good. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think that's mostly what I've been reading the Warcry core rules and supplementary materials, of course, but that's mm-hmm. for later in the show. Um, There's some nice stuff in there. Uh, And I've also, I forgot to mention this earlier, I have been writing (laughs) because Mm -hmm. this will come up in the news as well. But uh, hey, sneak preview, Uh, the Black Library submissions are open. So if you want to be a Black Library author, go write a thing. Um, Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'm most of the way through what I would call the first draft of my submission, which means I'm going to write 130 more words for the 500 word sample. And then I'm going to throw the whole thing out and rewrite it probably yep. like five more yep. times because, uh, <laughs> um, but I've hit on, hit on, an, uh, hit on an idea. Can't control my mouth. Hit on an idea which I think is quite fun and which I'm enjoying writing. So that's good. It's my original idea. No steal. I'm not telling any of you. You yep. find out after submissions are closed. <laughs> exactly. Even though
0: I, I, even though I know, I know it. But <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I'm going to tell you mine after the show, anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I know you won't steal my idea because you also have your own very cool idea. Yes, that I do. I, 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 I do. Think I have the vague idea of what what it is, but <laughs> well, I,
0: I think you could be surprised. But h- who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, <laughs>
1: we'll see. Um, but yeah, so if if you've ever wanted to be a black library author, here's your chance. They want you to write about like a group of. Tightly knit mercenaries or a tightly knit kill team of you know people who have good interactions with each other. There's interesting dynamics between them and their adventures. Um, yeah. yeah, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I just I just have to work out how to write descriptively better when I'm trying to write things descriptively <laughs> in a deceptive manner
0: because
1: <laughs> uh, I've I've actually kind of hamstrung myself with my idea. <laughs>
0: because it's like I got right, to, you, you, got, you got time because remember the window's not opened yet oh yeah
1: it's not even open till like next week getting ahead I'm of like, the game
0: mm, yeah <laughs>
1: like, how, how do I describe this in a way that will suit the twist that I can reveal later but that doesn't show it too early <laughs> mm, <laughs> how do I disguise enough. how do I disguise all this nonsense I'm trying to pull <laughs> yeah I yeah. smell
0: shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, a little
1: bit. A little bit. Um but yeah. No, that's it's been fun to do a little writing again. I do bits and bobs every now and again, but honestly most mm-hmm. of my writing most of my writing is reserved for Dungeons and Dragons. And it's nice Fair to enough. back away from I wrote this and now I know six other people are going to tear it to pieces and stamp on, stamp on the shreds by rolling poorly or rolling really well. Uh, <laughs> and I said to write something where I know I can determine exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that, that's been me the last couple of weeks. I've actually been fairly productive and done a lot of hobby, which is really weird uh, for us. Yeah. <laughs> I've played more Age of Sigma in the last two weeks than I have in the last year. <laughs> Which says something mm. about either the last two weeks <laughs> or the last year, and I'm not sure which. Uh, <laughs> but what have you been up to? Because I heard there was, gasp, a second official Realm and Rune meetup.
0: Well, this is it. You know, anyone listening right now, be careful if you're using clippers or a hobby knife, because you may hear something <laughs> that may just go, oh, and you end up cutting your finger off. Obviously, that will <laughs> please corn, but probably not yourself. Um, so just to add to Cameron what he's been saying about playing and painting, ready for this? I have also been playing and painting in the last 24 hours. It's, um, I know, I know, it's scary. Oh, I feel, I feel, I feel relieved. I finally can tell, tell the world. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Yeah, we, uh, we arranged a Warhammer World meetup yesterday. So there Mm. was five of us. It was myself. It was my work colleague, Martin, who's obviously on our Discord. Um, you know, we had also Alex and Drew again, two guys from our Discord that I met up with at Warhammer Fest originally, obviously a a few months ago, and Mm. also uh, another guy, Damon, who's also part of our discord as well uh and it was lovely to meet him as well for the first time so yeah so we had five of us and you know all coming from different directions in the uk um Mm -hmm. as if you listen to our last last episode um i did say that i had rented a aos table and Mm -hmm. yeah we we threw it down it was uh (laughs) it was magical so sort of just to you know before i get into that obviously what i've been doing is painting my blades of corn to obviously take part in this. So the plan has always been that, that we'd bring a thousand points of AOS if you had it, you know, obviously myself, Martin and Drew definitely would. Uh, Alex didn't cause he's not in, he doesn't play AOS as such at the mm. moment. And um, obviously da- and Damon did as well. He brought some, uh, one of his armies as well. And, Obviously, later we were going to be playing Warcry as well. So, not only have I played AOS, <laughs> I played Warcry as well, which is wow, delirious did, did now. <laughs> so, yeah, we, so in regards to my blades of corn, um, uh, in all honesty, I didn't get them finished in time, but I suppose the good thing is none of us were really finished in mm. time anyway. I, th- I suppose to be fair, we gave ourselves obviously a bit of a deadline, which I think in hindsight was a bit too much. You know, I think we sort of tried to power individually or try to power, you know, through it and probably didn't come off quite well. Um, mm-hmm. I was happy with my scheme because, I, again, I was mainly mainly using contrast and metallic. So so fundamentally, I was using Shaiish shyish purple for, as the main color. I was using um, well, I was using a couple of Vallejo metallics. So one of their golds and one of their silvers for the weapons. Um, I use basilicum gray for like the boots and such like. And then I was using for flesh uh Space Wolf Grey. Now, mm-hmm. as, as I sort of said earlier, when you were talking about contrast, I felt that some are better than others, if I'm being mm-hmm. brutally honest. I love Space Wolf Grey. I think mm-hmm. that is gorgeous. It's like a blue, as you would imagine, it's a bluey grey. Yeah. Um, this is, by the way, this is all over Wraithbone as well. Mm-hmm. So I was really pleased with it for skin and things like that, like on my Slaughter Priest. Mwah. Loved it, absolutely loved it. Perfect color for it. The shyish purple, I'm. I must admit, I'm very disappointed in. Um, it's one of those I find that it's a bit darker than I expected. Bit silly because when you actually look at the pot, it does look very dark. And in theory, I suppose if you mm. watered it down like with medium and stuff, it'd probably be a lot better. But the problem is, yeah. I just. Got stuck in with it, and you know, yeah. when you're, you're already quite a few models in, that like, I'm not really going to backtrack on this now. I'm, I'm committed because <laughs> obviously I was trying to batch paint them, um, which was probably not the right thing to do, but you know, mm. it, time <laughs> and uh, trying to get it sorted. So, I think what I was disappointed about with the Shyish purple is that it's one of those when it's wet, when you put it on, it looks lovely. It's just mm. it, when it dries, it dries very dark or a lot darker than I was hoping. Yeah, and yeah, that's just you know the way it goes you know you just mm. you got to try these things um the basilicum gray is great you know it's that sort of mm-hmm. you know it's like a gray black you know sort of color so i use like I, said, I use it for the boots i use it for one of the banners it, and that i was i thought was pretty medium you know uh no pun intended is that mm. I, I think that it was you know it, it did the job you know it wasn't wow but it was like no that's that's cool that makes sense uh, so, uh, one thing I was actually quite happy with, um, is on my manticore. So what I did with my manticore to be a bit different to the rest of it is I, I primed base coated that with lead belcher as opposed to wraith bone. Mm. And then I did Magos purple over it, which is the lighter, the sort of more pinky yeah. type purple, uh, in the contrast range. And yeah, I was really impressed with that. I did three coats of it because it's one of those I put one coat on. And you're like, ooh, this is not like like it feels like you know when you Mm. have the combination of water and oil and it's sort of like it just doesn't really gel with each other because they don't mix it was a bit like that and but luckily when it dries and then you put a second coat on you put a third coat on you're like no this looks lovely so you've got this sort of nice shiny metallic sort Mm. of dark darkish purple pink thing going on and yeah and lovely i was really impressed with that (laughs) it needs a bit of tidying up needs a bit of Dry brushing and such like, but no, mm. didn't really get any time to do any of that because of yeah. life and jobs and family and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. So, yeah, so we got it to a state to, you know, to actually play. So, so yeah, we turned up at Wimer World. Uh, we were playing on the River of Souls board, Ooh. which was really impressive. So it's, you've got this, obviously, this big sort of, Obelisk sort of building in the middle, and basically you've mm. got, uh, literally as you'd imagine, a river of souls literally feeding from one part of the building and sort of falling out the other into, you know, in, and it's all green and such like, and. Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely mm-hmm. sort of surface to play on. So what we did is, <laughs> to be honest, we we went in a bit unprepared on our, all, all our sides, really. We sort of didn't really have any battle plans in place. We didn't know, mm-hmm. I suppose, because we just turned up and thought, let's have it. So what we <laughs> sort of initially did was, well, the plan was to do a two-on-two. So me and Martin, Martin brought his Gloom Spike Gits. I had my blades mm-hmm. uh, against Drew and Damon. Drew had his Nighthorn, Damon had his Iron Jaws. And so basically it was going to be a simple... You know, 2,000 points each side, a 1,000 points per player, have it out. And just because of the way the map worked and obviously different things were going on, it ended up being two individual one-on-ones instead. Oh, so basically yeah. Martin and Drew were fighting each other at the top and me and Damon were fighting each other at the bottom. I think it just got that way because cause they were basically two horde armies of sorts with lots of models fighting each other at the top and we were two mm. more You know, elite units with less people um, fighting each other down the bottom. So, because of time, because obviously, you know, even though we weren't trying to rush, but at the same time, we're trying to keep pace going because obviously we had other things we wanted to do at Warhammer World that day. We were trying to sort of, we were often doing things at different times. So, they would still be doing their charging. We would be busy doing the combat phase down below. So, Mm. it just ended up being two one on ones (laughs) just because that's the way it went. I know you're thinking, right? How did this go? How did <laughs> what was the results at the end of this? Um, well, um, I lost pretty badly, if I'm being honest, and <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going to get the excuses out of the way. Um, I, I must admit, I didn't. I, it's my own fault. I should have gone a bit more prepared when it comes to like learning your mm. your books. Not so not the rules, but learning your abilities and and what yeah. your troops can do. Um, I must admit, because this the corn. Project I've been doing it's just been a bit more of a, a thing I've been doing on the on the side. It's not. It's just something I wanted to get done from a hobby perspective. I've not probably put as much uh, attention into learning the way blades work because I I think to be honest I'm going to move on to another AOS army anyway. So, but you know, I still held it off and, and held my own with it. Um, one thing that really went against me was the dice. And now I'm not going to be one of those guys. I'm not going to blame the dice, mm. but. Damon, who i was fighting he would you know if he's listening he would totally agree with it <laughs> i had the worst luck when it come to dice and he had some very good luck he even said that himself it was one of those I, I laughed it off i had to because it was like it was the sort of situation where like say my my man my chaos lord on the manticore was stuck in combat and say mm. i was i think for my one of the attacks it's you know it's five attacks three threes to hit i run or I, I literally Rolled all ones and twos. It was literally oh, wow. that sort of day where. Wow. Um, so I, it was, it was like that. If anything could happen against me, it would. It really was just mm. one of those things. Um, so in summary, uh, Karanak was useless. He yeah. sort of died literally first turn and didn't do anything. Uh, he, um, <laughs> regardless of dice, uh, he, he fought, uh, the iron jaws mega boss and just got absolutely smashed. Yeah. The Chaos Lord on manticore. When I, when I say he was useless, that was the dice though. I think he, he has yeah. a lot of potential because he has lots of attacks and he was quite intimidating um, for, you know, for the other side. But it, it mm. was just one of those situations where, because of my awful rolls, he, like, I think he ended up doing two wounds to a couple of gore grunters oh, and then got no. wiped off. It was oh. just one of those, you know, where you're like, yeah, uh, I, I don't days. know what to do. <laughs> I, you know, um, the blood warriors didn't do that much, to be honest. Um, it was one of those again when, cause obviously they got the nice thing that when they die, um, you can, they do like some final attacks before they mm. die. And, and yeah. it was one of those where, yeah, get, get some wounds off and then would save all of them, like getting sixes for all the save rolls. You know, it's one of those uh. where like, okay, even that's <laughs> not going my way. <laughs> and, uh, the chaos warriors, they tried, um, Slaughter priests uh, were very good when it comes to doing their uh, their their uh, prayers. Like I managed Mm. to get off, like you know, five mortal wounds off a blood boil. You know, managed to take out. Yeah, that was really good. (laughs) But in in combat, they're pretty pointless. If I'm being honest, Mm. they do they do very minor attacks. Like nothing with rend. It was just Mm. you know. Yeah, um, so basically we called it in the end, and I said, "Yeah, you've you've definitely beat me." Um, n- definitely a lot of respect for Iron Jaws because they're one of those armies where they're tougher than I thought they were. And mm. to be fair, it's one of those sort of situations where I, I didn't realise how like they a lot of them hit on threes. And I know that sounds a bit naive, but being orcs, I thought they may be on, hit on things like like fours and fives. But obviously, when they do hit, they hit like a truck. Whereas they do hit like a truck, and they still hit on a pretty decent role as well. You know, I was like, oh, okay, this is not what I was expecting. Um, and at the top game, uh, Martin... I think beat Drew. I think, they, again, they, they called it from their end because mm. it was one of those where we are like, right, we need to get on and do stuff. So <laughs> let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's call it. Um, I think theirs was a bit more closer, but they sort of, you know, they predicted what would happen next and, you know, they had all their shenanigans. Um, unfortunately, I can't say much of what happened up the top because I was more mm. concentrating on <laughs>
2: playing yeah. down the bottom.
0: So, um, so yeah. I, so regardless of my loss and, it, you know, having to laugh off the, the terrible dice rolls, I really enjoyed it. You know, it was it was just great mm. fun. So, yeah. and which is the way it should be. You know, that's oh, yeah. that's all I wanted it to be. Um, so after that, we had some lunch in Bugmans. We then went to the to do the exhibition. Um, I've done it about a year or so ago. Um, a couple of guys never done it and a couple of guys haven't been for a few years. Um, obviously, I mean, the exhibition, if you, if you've never been there, it's just, is just jaw dropping at times. And what's great is it's one of those, unfortunately, you'll come up with about a thousand ideas uh, when you leave it. You're like, Oh, I must do that. Oh, no, I must do that. And then obviously conveniently you end up coming out into the shop at the end of the exhibition. So, so you can spend all your lovely money <laughs> on these things. Um, mm. so, so, uh, which is what we did. We then spent a bit of time in the shop. Like I said on Twitter yesterday, you would be so impressed with me with what I, what I didn't really buy. Cause obviously, I, you know, it's the, it's the, uh, the, the sort of place where you can spend a ridiculous amount of money if you, yeah. if you choose to. And yeah, and I ended up buying, uh, the upgrade kit for the Sagittarium guard for the custodies. Um, mm-hmm. cause I realized recently when I was looking on Forge World, they're 52 pounds and you think, wow, okay. And then I realized it's just the 35 quid plastic custodies kit with the 17 pound mm. upgrade kit and I was thinking well I've got spare custodies uh yeah. I'll just get the upgrade kit yeah, thank you yeah exactly. and so I got that <laughs> so I got those <laughs> and I got some data cards because basically what the plan is now because we really enjoyed what we did yesterday at Warhammer World, we're now the, the 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 guys that were there. We've basically set a target now of about three months' time. So you know, mm-hmm. towards the end of the year, we're going to rent another table in Warhammer World. We'll rent a 40k table, and we'll do pretty much the same thing. We'll play a thousand points each of 40k. You know with four of us or so, depending on obviously how many people are interested. Mm. And, but what we'll do is that'll give us a bit more time. So there's no, we're not rushing to get things painted as much, <laughs> but also we'll come, we'll have it planned in advance. Like what's, you know, what, what's what we're going to play, like what mission, yeah. etc. Yeah. So we can go straight in and, and go for it. So I'm going to do custodies, which is great for me with little time because I can do about two of them and I'll have a thousand points already. <laughs> and so actually I think I worked out, I have 12 12 custodies if i do a thousand points something like that oh, yeah. so yeah that's nice so easy. yeah so I, I can do one a week um yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> over three months so so yeah we did that we did the exhibition bought some bits and then we finally played war cry and we played that in bugmans while we're having a drink mm. and Warcry is really fun I, yes. I, we had a really really good time <laughs> playing it so so what we did is we because one of the guy, damon had already left by that point so there's four of us left we played uh, a four-way fight so martin mm-hmm. was uh the uh iron golems drew was uh untamed beast uh alex was another iron golems and i was stormcast which i'd built mm-hmm. uh, prior to that and yeah it was really good i mean in the end alex won on on points mm. uh i was really impressed with my stormcast stormcast are tough as nails in yeah in Warcry. yeah um, i only had <laughs> i only had i only had six uh six troops in the sense i had three mm. i had a vanguard uh vanguard prime uh you know hunter prime uh two mm. hunters and three griffhounds so you know three stormcast, three hands. Yeah. and and that was it. Meant things were easy because obviously when you split things into the dagger, the anvil, and the shield, I was just like, okay, pair them up, <laughs> a stormcast and its pet, <laughs> and just put them into threes. Oh, sorry, into twos. And I own in the whole in the whole uh, game, I lost one Hound. That was it. I didn't lose any stormcast. Wow, uh, I wow. didn't because they're toughness five innately. Hmm. Um, you know, it, yeah. I, I there was this, there was some really cool moments like like initially. The, like, for example, obviously with the Vanguard Hunters, you, the great thing about it is, I mean, you can shoot and you can do close combat with them because also they're armed mm. with a crossbow and a, a, an axe or a sword. And that was great because I was like on top of a bit of train and I'm just, I'm just pinging, you know, <laughs> pinging, uh, other, other enemies with, uh, with the crossbow. And there was like this really great moment where, uh, I think it's Martin he decided to attack my my uh hunter prime with the little chaos dwarf that comes in the in the Golems. Mm. so he, he took a couple of wounds off me and then I retaliated next activation and I used my quad, which basically yeah. gives you um it, it adds the damage on of the dice roll and it was fives. So I had a quad five. So that Ooh. added five damage to everything I did. And I, I, I think I, I did about 20 damage with one hit. I just, or like with one Jesus. like roll of the dice, I yeah. literally, I literally decapitated this <laughs> chaos dwarf in one hit. I killed him outright. He didn't even take any, oh, he hadn't man. taken any wounds. <laughs> it was great. He's like, <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> decimated him. Uh, but the obviously the, the downside to the Stormcast is you don't have the numbers. So when it comes to getting objectives, mm. I found it a lot more difficult you know, as you would expect. But we had a great time, you know, we had, we had where, well, you know, the harpoon that the untamed beasts have like that managed to uh, pull what the ogre off a bit of terrain. Um, we had people falling off terrain. <laughs> it, we had a, we were having uh, animal fights in the sense you had like my griffhound hound fight in the, that, that sort of cat lion yeah, type the... thing that the, the untamed mm. beasts have, you know, it was just, it was, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, the way, the way it works, I mean, we, When I say we didn't play it fully, we played it fully in the sense of the way the rules are, but we missed a couple of rules out. I think we missed yeah. the wild dice until the last round. That was uh, just because we completely forgot. And yeah. we forgot to do the twist, I think. But we did We did like the deployment. We did, mm. um, you know, the way they come on at different times and different rounds. So we played it like 95% the way, you know, correctly. It was just we forgot a couple of bits. But <laughs> fundamentally, we had a really good time. And yeah, I would happily play that again. It was easy easy to, easy to pick up, easy to yeah. set up. you know yeah, we bashed the absolutely. game out in about an hour. it was great and it was a great way to finish the day. so we yeah, uh, so we awesome. finished that and then went home. So yeah, it was a great day yesterday. It was it just like I said just feels weird saying that I've been painting and playing recently. <laughs>
2: mm, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah again, a big thank you to you guys that all turned up yesterday. we had a really good time. And I said, mm. I'm looking forward to, you know, doing it again in a few months as well. Yeah, Um awesome. So, right, what else? Um, Buying-wise, that was it, really. It's just those couple mm. of bits I bought yesterday. So, yeah, just been – which I think is a good thing. I, I, like, I think yeah. I'm finally learning I don't need to keep randomly buying stuff. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I, like I keep getting this habit of just buying stuff and then putting mm. it on the shelf. So, yeah. I was very good yesterday. I think, you know what, just buy what you need for – your next project or next thing that's coming up like mm. you know like i said mm. now we've got a three month target you know with 40k great just get some a bit of custody stuff just get the little bits you need and go yeah. home yeah. and feel good about yourself <laughs> 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 um, um and lastly uh, when it comes to reading um again i've only read a couple or listened to a couple i should say uh, so i le- listened to celestine uh, the uh, the Living Saint by oh, who did that one? I've forgotten. Andy Clark did that one, mm. and uh, yeah, it's it, really good. Actually, it was one of those where I found it a bit difficult to get into initially. Um, so without sort of spoiling things, you're seeing um, you're seeing it from almost two perspectives. You're seeing Celestine what she's doing in the current day. It's, you know I mean, again I won't really say any more than that. But it's set in the current timeline. But it's mm-hmm. one of those that standalone as well so you don't need to have listened you know read dark you know so much of like dark imperium and devastation etc you can you know you can just pick this one up as it is and then it's the other half of the book i it's sort of switching between is the fact it's celestine what, what happens to her when she dies like the and comes back again it's sort of that process so it's quite interesting actually um mm i would recommend it like i said i think it's hard going initially because it's a bit like well, what's going on it's sort of it feels like it's a bit of a slow one to start but then when it picks up it's actually a very good novel in the end so mm. i would definitely yeah. recommend it um and the other one that i've uh listened to which i loved i absolutely loved if you anyone remembers from a few shows ago i was there raving about the Angron uh the mm. novel Conrad Curse yeah. One, Whoa,
2: so good, <laughs> so
0: good as well. So Conrad Curse Night Haunter, this is by Guy Haley, is just fantastic. And 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 as I was banging on about on Discord, is I recommend checking out the the audio version as well because I'm sure the, the the written version is great, but the audio one can obviously portray the way he is, the way he is, and obviously his voices and the way he's talking and, and, you know, and such like, so I, I, I think you, you know, really need to listen to it. And like I said, mm-hmm. it, uh, on discord, it, it's great. It's basically, again, it's not really spawning it. Cause you, you just see this or read this straight almost straight away. Basically, Comrade kurs has created a flesh mannequin slash statue of the emperor, <laughs> literally in front of it. and, and, in front of him and literally each chapter is him basically he's he's talking to this flesh statue in you know often you know you know having a go at the emperor like why did you do this to me father you know that sort of (laughs) stuff and then that triggers a flashback to comrade curse and then that's where it then jumps to that flashback you know it could be him on nostramo which is the world he he ended up on when he was like doing his batman type thing it could be him in the heresy it could him be him sort of post heresy so even though it's heresy Mm -hmm. novel there is bits where it jumps to almost when i say modern day when post heresy as well so it's yeah Yeah. and you get to see all the you know you get to see all the different types of characters that he inside his head as such you know all the because obviously the, the the you know the the when i say demons i mean literally i mean the the demons obviously he's he's battling inside his head mm. and it's sad it's a very sad novel as well and you do re- i personally did i really felt for him at times in this you know despite obviously mm. how horrific mm. he is talking of horrific it's very brutal at times as well i know it's 40k and it's to be expected but there's some very graphic scenes in it from a violence point of view so you know if you're a bit timid just just to pre-warn you that you know there's some a bit of some uncomfortable scenes in it as well but yeah check it out it is Great, <laughs> mm. it's so good, and uh, and also lastly, it's which you can sort of again, it's not really spoiling it, and and well, sort of spoilers if you don't know whatever happened to Conrad Curse, but it's basically this this uh, situation where he's talking to the statue. It's the it's the bit before the assassin turns up. If mm. you know the lore with Conrad Curse and obviously what the uh, the Calidus, I think it's a Calidus assassin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what it's about. So I severely recommend it. So yeah, I've been busy. I've been reading. I've been painting. I've been playing AOS and playing Warcry. Wow. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I know. We're get, We're get, We're sounding very. Um, you know professional series here we're like playing stuff <laughs> and painting you know yeah we're both doing it and mm. talking about it on the same show Just get out of here right <laughs> right we'll take our uh, first little break now have a very well needed drink and when we mm-hmm. return we're going to get stuck into all that lovely warhammer news back shortly right news time let's get mm. into it Um, I think the main bit of news that went down was, I think, the same evening that we recorded last, a couple of weeks ago, I believe.
1: Yes, right after we recorded, effectively. As as it usually (laughs) happens, a few hours after we recorded, a big news (laughs) thing came out. Uh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we're playing, obviously, catch up from... I said just shy of a couple of weeks ago. And obviously mm. there was the apocalypse mega battle at Warhammer world. Yeah. And then at, I think 9 PM UK time, they decided to drop what was mm, the rumors were going around. Obviously that a lot of uh, Primaris or space marine stuff was going to drop and they weren't wrong. There is. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite yep, a lot. Of there it is. That's dropped. <laughs> and you know, people have obviously varying opinions on this, which we'll uh, cover mm. later, no doubt. And yeah, we've, got a shiny new codex for the space marines um and obviously in turn uh, they have obviously announced and are coming out well i think they're already out now actually as of this mm. recording at least the first couple the supplements as well so yeah. what's your thoughts on this this supplement codex situation
1: um, i think it's a good way to get around why doesn't this chapter have their own full codex as a question <laughs> Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I feel each of the founding chapters, like each of the founding legion chapters, definitely deserve that level of attention. Uh, but with the ones that are more codex compliant, so you know the Ultramarines, the White Scars, Imperial Fists, uh, Raven Guard, Iron Hands, and Salamanders—rattle them off the top of my head. Uh, thanks, Reddit, <laughs> for just drilling that into my head the last few few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Uh, like they are, as the the more, as the title Codex Compliance suggests, they're very compliant to the Codex. So they don't actually Mm. have a ton of stuff outside of the Codex, as opposed to like Dark Angels, where you have the entire range of Deathwing stuff, the entire range of Ravenwing stuff, Space Wolves, you've got all the Wolfen, you've got the completely different organizational structure of like the Scouts are the veterans, and the new, New Bloods are the ones who get given all the assault weapons and all that kind of stuff. Um, and same with Blood Angels, they've got Death Company and, librarian dreadnoughts and predators with flame turrets and everything like that. They've got all this crazy stuff out there. <laughs> um, yeah. But it doesn't mean the other founding chapters don't deserve that level of attention. And I feel I feel building a strong core basic codex Space Marines and then saying, here's the extra special stuff you get if you're a founding chapter or a direct successor of those founding chapters in certain cases uh, is a good way to like give them that focus without in Because like, you could do a full White Scars codex but it would just be like 90% reprints from the Space Marine Codex. And mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I just feel it's better to make the Space Marine Codex really cool, really good. Uh, there's discussion to be had about Power Creep there, I guess, but make it really good and then say, here's the White Scars, extra special stuff they get on top. Like, here's their cool characters. They get guys on bikes, obviously. Here's their special rules. Here's their special war gear. And here's what makes them different. But otherwise, they are Codex compliant. They work alongside the codex pretty easily. Yeah. Like, yeah. And honestly, it's the, it's what I would like to see for future releases is for like, not just space marines, but like all different factions. I think it would be great to have, say, a core Tau codex and then supplements for different enclaves, perhaps, mm-hmm. like have a, have a far side enclave supplement because they're really different. Have a, you know, this particular sept, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Or for Eldar, just have Eldari, the codex in particular, and have a, Drukhari and Craft World and an Inari supplement would I feel yeah. help solve that thing. Same with Tyranids, have Tyranid rules, then have High Fleet supplements. If you really wanted to make each High Fleet super stand out, as opposed to all Tyranids are fairly similar in how they play, uh, which seems to be the current <laughs> way it's going. Um, and obviously for Chaos, this would solve the issue of if you're not one of those legions attuned to one of the four gods you don't get as much attention so like say we could have a chaos space Marines codex with iron warriors and alpha legion and yep. all that kind of good stuff uh tacked on not tacked on but added on with a supplements to a really strong mm. base codex and i feel that would be really good and i also like that um if you choose to play a successor chapter it's create a chapter a la fourth mm. edition you know you pick these two traits and they they form what your chapter is, and that will be good in a lot of other things. You know, make your own <laughs> Sept, make your own Craft World, make your own Chaos Warband, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's lots of places where this can be applied, and as long as this is the new way things are going, codex-wise, and not a super, super special exception, I think it's really good. Like, if all future codexes work off this, I'm not going to be unhappy about it, because... Mm-hmm. You can always just buy the base codex. You don't need the supplements. Uh, but if you want to run that particular sub faction within a, within a faction within a sub faction, uh, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can buy the supplement and get along with that. Uh, it's a little more competitive price wise, obviously, but I feel. Ultramarines actually have a ton of unique units, which is what I found out from all this. So, like, (laughs) all their stuff being put in a separate book makes sense. And Mm. White Scars don't have a ton of other units, but they do have their own style that can be really compounded on. And they they benefit from this focus. Mm. And presumably the other Codex-compliant founding chapters are also going to be happy with what they get there. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And like, um, okay. I mean, oh, yeah, that, that's my that's my thought on this. Hopefully, this is the way forward. Setup where you've got a big central codex. This is all the basic stuff. Any army from this faction will have. Here's all their cool stuff. And then, if you want to customize it a little further, here's this specialist version. This specialist version, etc. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, I that's my take on it. I, 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 I think I'm eighty percent in favor of all this i think mm-hmm. i i'm i'm in agreement in the sense that i think having a nice central codex and then having the ability to go you know what yeah here's the i want to be this particular chapter like you mm-hmm. said i don't need a full codex by myself it doesn't warrant it but i can you know most of my stuff is in the main codex but here's another you know supplement that i can to get my unique stuff i think that's great and i and like you i agree that it that can apply to a lot of the f- main factions like you know like eldari like chaos even mm. like i said even tower where you can go yes we can break off and because i think that's what people like people like the fact that they can they can be that particular chapter that particular craft world or you know whatever their preference is and and have something for it because i think the one of the things is because we all want to be smash, spe- you know special snowflakes we like to have <laughs> unique stuff for our things like you know if you want to be the white scars you get some of the things that White Scars get, and actually, it's you know, it's not just bolted on in a. Mm. Oh, you know, here's the paragraph in the main codex. Yeah, here you go. And it's like, no, no, I properly get this, these units or these characters, and they are you know fleshed out. And yeah. like you said, if, if the fact you can then create your own, like create your own chapter, which obviously is a very popular thing to do, create your own craft world, etc., or enclave, then yeah, I think I think if this is going to be the way going forward for 40k, I. I'm fully fully in support of that. Um I don't mm-hmm. think it will apply to all factions. I don't think it's
2: no. I
0: don't think some factions unfortunately and no disrespect to them that they're fleshed out enough or have the the scope to be able to do this mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. they or they get I suppose maybe a supplement that just you know covers them all, you know like I mm-hmm. like for example the like the you know like the Drakari I can't imagine them getting that sort of this same process no, i don't think yeah they're a faction that would have it uh but i could be wrong on that and i think that the only sort of thing that i want to say the 80 percent i'm happy with i think that the, the, the other bit i'm just would like them to tweak i suppose really is actually the price and the way they go about this because obviously mm. the sort of snag with this situation is now is obviously you're looking at a you know 20 if you're using space marines as the example you're looking mm. at a 25 pound codex and then you're looking at a 17 pound 50 uh supplement as well on top mm. and there and you know like, oh, that's getting a bit <laughs> a bit expensive i know like you said you don't have to buy the supplement but again if you're a full-on player in that uh chapter then you're probably going to want to really and mm. I, all mm. i would like them to do which i don't think is going to happen now because obviously they've you know, it's already out now, <laughs> is I would like to them to have adjusted it slightly. Almost yeah. like, you know, give people a deal. Say, look, if you want the codex and you want the supplement that for your appropriate chapter, we'll give you a better deal. you know, it's not gonna be twenty five quid but like no. the normal codex is, but here, have it for thirty five you know yeah, here you go yeah. yeah have a have a you know i know obviously there's indie stores out there as well but i'm just you know putting mm. that aside i think just give people a you know cuz it's it's a lot of money just just to add yeah, on Yeah, you know i it's not it's not you know i don't think it's game breaking in that sense no, i think that if no. you want it you will go and get it i'm not saying that it just feels a bit uh, a bit unfair mm. slightly, you know, yeah, I know you yeah. could argue you're getting two books, so you're getting more law. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's a complete waste of time, but it's just, a, you know, from a looking at, from a pure pragmatic point of view, you're looking at it, you get right. Okay. I've got to spend 25 quid on this mm. book. And then now I've got to spend it almost, almost the same again, you know, to yeah, get for this yeah. on top. It's a bit like, Oh, okay. I mean, it's mm. fine. If you're, it's fine. If you're, if the codex suits you, or it's fine. If you, you're going to need the codex anyway, and you collect multiple chapters, and then you think, well, I've always, you know, I can I can use that baseline codex for multiple chapters. But mm-hmm. then I suppose the flip side is you've got a situation where if you do co- collect multiple chapters, you've got to buy a codex. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to buy quite a few supplements, potentially, depending yeah. on, you know, yeah. it depends. It depends yeah, on it, your situation.
1: Because yeah. then there was the opposite version of that in earlier versions of codexes where I'm only interested in Imperial Fist and Black Templars. I bought this book. 80% of this book is not Imperial Fists and Black Templar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> mm.
0: difficult. I totally get it. It's a difficult yeah. situation yeah. because because the codex, the baseline codex for Space Marines is large. They've got such a mm. range to choose mm. from. Plus, then when you're trying to include all the, the significant, cha- you know, larger chapters as well on yeah. top of that, it yeah. gets, it. Could, you know, if you include them in the base codex and wanted to flesh them out, it'd be like a, Oh you know, yeah, two thousand
1: <laughs> page it'd book. The, it'd be it'd be the size of the main rule book.
0: <laughs> exactly. It'd just be absolutely insane. So I I get that there is it's, there's no I don't think there's a straightforward answer for it. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. So I I don't you know I think I think this way forward is definitely the best way of doing it. It's just mm-hmm. I think. Tweak it, or or like you know, give people a PDF or something. I know I've said this yeah, before. But give, yeah, yeah. You know, make it a bit more enticing, you know, so people mm-hmm. don't feel because unfortunately there will be people that will feel a bit disgruntled by this. We're like, uh, yeah. well, I want to yeah. buy that, and now I've got to buy this as well. You know, it feels mm-hmm. like a slight kick in the teeth, even yeah. though it's nice to have a new codex and a new supplement. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: it depends what your take is. It's, it yeah. doesn't affect me personally. I'm just sort of thinking of what people might probably thinking at this point <laughs> but mm, yeah uh, but no it's, it's 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 very cool and very exciting and obviously i think it will like you said this will be the way things will go uh for mm. at least some factions um nah. it's difficult because uh, when it comes to chaos though because obviously mm. now they've had they've yeah. had a version two of their codex recently so <laughs> yeah um, if we'll they ever get around goes. to the world eaters and, <laughs> and such like it's uh it's mm, we'll see what they do with that
1: yeah well like i wouldn't mind a central chaos space marines codex with like a Death Guard supplement and a Thousand Sun supplement, because then that would let me take things like Helldrakes, which would be cool. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's a little less outside the theme of the army, but like more options is nice. However, there is something we need to talk about because if this is the way Codexes are going forwards, there is a very important thing which is Soup is dead. Games Workshop has <laughs> killed it. They they threw it they threw it out behind Games Workshop HQ and shot it uh, because <laughs> Codex Space Marines is now really really good. In particular, because of a rule called Combat Doctrines, which you only get if every model in your army, not not the detachment, every model in the army has the Angels of Death rule, which is a specific Space Marine rule. So, Mm -hmm. you have to have a pure Space Marines force to get this really good rule, which is in the first round, extra minus one AP on heavy weapons. Then you can switch to extra minus one AP on rapid fire and assault weapons. And then turn three, you can switch to extra minus one AP on melee weapons. And that's actually really, really good, but you don't get that. If you go, I'll put in a knight, or I'll put in some custodies, or I'll put in an Imperial guard battalion to keep this thing going CP wise. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but even without tactical uh, combat doctrines, I feel the from what I've seen, because there's been a lot of coverage over the last couple of weeks, that the Codex is still really good, even if you don't yeah. have that. So, like, uh, maybe I'm overdramatic saying Soup is dead. More like Soup now has a detriment, especially mm. if you're an Imperial player. Like, you don't get these super super good rules that make Space Marines really good, like, in comparison. Like, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, minus one AP, but it means they're suddenly way better at killing enemy Marines, way better at chipping True. away at tanks. It means Guardsmen get a 6-up save or they don't get a save at all if you're fielding Primaris, uh, that kind of stuff. Like it, It is a big deal to actually get this, and then there's a whole bunch of stratagems that revolve around it as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's more like soup gives you that flexibility still, but you're losing that extra edge. So I kind of really hope every Codex has something like this, an optional rule that applies if your entire army is that faction only, because mm-hmm. that would be great. I'd be really yeah. into that
0: yeah I, I i i I like this i support this because i'm not i mean that as we we're discussing earlier we're not competitive <laughs> players no <laughs> no barely you know just about playing at the moment anyway so i i'm not a fan <laughs> of soup again talking not from a competitive point of view i just don't i like when factions or and this is both aos and 40k i like when a faction is pretty much itself you know mm. and i'm i'm not counting where someone throws in an assassin or something because yeah. i know people get a bit up to about oh that's not that's not a mono army and i know yeah technically but it's just an assassin they're pretty neutral mm. uh, i just it think i sense. like i like <laughs> yeah i like to think i like that's why i like it about aos i like the fact that you you know your strongest thing is the fact you can you know you 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 know you're stronger to put your army as one faction as opposed to souping mm. it i know obviously yeah. we've got like so it's Sigma coming later, but I like that <laughs> idea because I like it thematically. I don't, I'm mm. not a massive fan when an army is like, huh, I'm a four different armies. It's like, it's like, mm. 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 it just looks, I mean, you do get, obviously I'm not, you know, in the law, you get combinations of stuff, you know, Marines will fight with the a- Astro Militarum, et cetera, et cetera. I just like mm. when they, you know, from a model and army you know perspective i like when they're just mono i just think they yeah yeah you know i feel they they should be they should be stronger that should be a thing it should be a
1: benefit yeah which is what is here so
0: (laughs) yeah exactly so i know i'm totally in support of that and yeah i think it's i think also it's a very needed thing for space marines because obviously Mm. space marines have been in a you know again from a competitive point of view they've been in a bit of a meh state for a while really they're Mm. not you know they've not the strongest army at all and obviously the only ones that have been doing fairly well are the ones that are using gilliman uh, you know mm. in, in an ultramarines sort of sense so it, i think it's good that that and we were talking about this actually at warhammer world yesterday that to me the marines should be a solid choice they shouldn't I'm not saying they should be top tier but they shouldn't be down the bottom e- either as the mm-hmm. poster boys mm-hmm. of the of this particular game it's the same with the stormcast because we again we were saying this yesterday that you know stormcast are your 50% win rate Uh, Yeah, type force, which is great. That's perfect. They're the, they're the poster boys. You've got as, you know, you've got a good chance of doing well with them, but it doesn't mean you're going to, you know, you're not going to blow the competition away either realistically. Mm. And that's Mm. the way Marines should be. They shouldn't be down nearer the bottom. That sort of, you know, because how many people are going to buy, you know, you're, you're pushing your main. You know, force like yes, Space Marines. We're, these are the these are the main things of why I'm a forty thousand. You know, regardless of what mm. you what you want, this is who they are. So people get into playing them. Um, you know, like yeah, Space Marines. I've never done this hobby before, but I'm building a force. And uh, okay, they're below average <laughs> It's like to play <laughs> with. They're just not very good. It's like that must be really disheartening. Yeah. So I think this is great to sort of give them that lift. That's not making them silly overpowered, but it makes them. You know what, you know, a definitely an army to consider, which is, mm. I think, the way yeah. they should be.
1: Yeah, and there's a few other tweaks in there. Um, drop pods are really good now. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, which is they're terrifying because they get to come down turn one and they also cover an ungodly amount of space when you open the doors. Uh, which mm-hmm. no one is allowed to move over now. Um, <laughs> yeah. which again, I feel like it's good having deep strike turn two only, but I feel there definitely should be exceptions like terminators and stuff um, I agree. should come down turn two. It takes time. But like the point of a drop assault is not to t- start an assault with your main force and then send in the drop pods. You send in the drop pods, then everyone else walks up and kills what's left. Like that's the yeah. idea. And it is balanced because you have to buy a, in real world, you have to buy this model that is complicated to build. And it's apparently difficult to paint. Uh It certainly <laughs> looks like it is. And it costs points. Once it's dropped a squad down, it's not super effective. And it can't drop any of the new primary stuff. It can only drop old marines. So like, you're mostly going to see stern guard veterans and devastators isn't there. I have a feeling. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: But like, it's just cool. Like, this, this is the codex that makes space marines cool again. I feel is what it is. <laughs> Cause like, I really want to do space marines now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and well, that's mm. the thing, isn't it? This is what <laughs> and this is what they're hoping is people are now gonna, and that's good. You know, I, mm. I, 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 I think it's good that there's no reason that that they shouldn't get any more attention or not or any less attention, I should say, than any other faction. That you know, they are mm. they are the you know the the bread and butter of. Of Games Workshop when it comes to 40k and and they should be interesting and mm. have cool stuff like everyone yeah. should. I mean I don't mean yeah. they, only they should have it. Everyone should have cool stuff, but <laughs> they you know uh, that's and that's why I'm hoping that with with this that they will make you know it will be it will pay off to be a particular chapter and not yeah. necessarily the one of the main four all the time. Yeah, and, yeah, which is you know which is good. So I I and also I think that. You know, I think they're trying to make the Primaris more uh, interesting as well, because mm. obviously Primaris are. It uh, depends what you think. They obviously some people consider them quite boring. Some people mm. don't, obviously, and I think now we're getting this next layer, this Vanguard. Uh, we obviously mm. saw with Shadow Spear, because obviously now we're so obviously the shadow spear stuff is now going to be available separately now uh, we've mm-hmm. got the uh the in- also the two new vehicles as well uh, yep. uh which is the uh the impulser which is the mm-hmm. like the new like equivalent of the rhino i would i suppose that's what you'd um it's
1: closer to a razorback just cuz it can only hold six models
0: uh, yeah day, i suppose so yeah yeah it's that sort of middle grade obviously it's grav uh, driven mm. just like the uh, the repulsor is, um, so I think it's quite cool actually. The impulsor, I actually mm. quite like it over the repulsor. To be yeah. honest, I think it's. I mean, it's still got a bit going on, but not. It's mm. not as crazy looking yeah. as the as the yeah. repulsor is. So I, I think mean, it's quite cool. Yeah,
1: I, I like it because it's weird. I can definitely see the complaints <laughs> people have about it. It's just an overback yeah. back U- <laughs> but space marine style. Um, but I, I do really like that it just gets away from. I, the repulsor was fine. The repulsor executioner really confused me to look at because just of how many things were <laughs> yeah. stuck on its turret at that point. And then we've we've gone over to the impulsor, which has a much less busy look. At least on the top, there's it's plenty busy all around on the back and the other various bits, but. Just its, its overall profile doesn't look as insane as, here's the big laser gun and the Gatling gun and the <laughs> yes. Stubber and the grenade launchers and the storm is all <laughs> sort of stapled on top. Um, yeah, it, it looks pretty good. And then, of course, we have to talk about the Invicta tactical warsuit.
2: Because,
1: <laughs> I love this. Oh, I'm actually also quite a big fan. I know there are a lot of people who aren't, and I'm sorry. Uh, from my point of view, you're very wrong. Uh, th- there's a couple of reasons. <laughs> First of all, from the kit point itself, it is apparently very like moddable, very posable, uh to the point mm-hmm. where you can pose the individual fingers in the fist to let it hold the gun. Uh, so I have a feeling we're gonna see a lot of a lot of Invictors out there holding the holding the heavy bolter sideways to shoot it. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also it's just cool. It's the aliens yeah. power loader. Except that yep. it has no weakness because it's not Ellen Ripley in the in the exposed roll cage who could be stabbed super easily or shot. It's a guy who's still in, like people are going the pilot's not protected. I'm like he's wearing a suit of power armor. He's pretty <laughs> yeah. protected. Yeah, <laughs> I I
0: love it. I think it's so quirky and in mm. and, and silly. It, I oh, love yeah. it. I just think this. Oh yeah. it's not, it's. I think why I like it is that it's. It's silly like the, the repulsor, but I don't like the repulsor to look at in the mm. sense that it, and whereas this is the right kind of silly to me. Yeah. Yeah. Where it actually, even though it is silly, it looks cool. I, I personally, because well, oh, I've got the photo right in front of me and I, I just mm. like, I just love it. I think like even down to like the symmetry of it, it just looks really cool. You mm. know, you've got the, mm. the, the, guns sort of either side in the middle. I mean, like I said, the fact it's got that heavy bolter as a sidearm. <laughs> is awesome that is an awesome thing to have i don't oh yeah i don't i will i will defend this (laughs) to to my grave Mm, this is an awesome model and i saw it yesterday because as we were leaving we were leaving warhammer world they'd Put it in one of the cabinets because uh, I, I remember I saw them mm-hmm. cleaning the cabinet sort of early in the a- afternoon, and then just you know we were browsing the store just as we were leaving, and right in the middle, yeah, they've just they've cheekily put one in there, and it <laughs> and it looks awesome in you know in in real life yeah. as well. It's yeah. just a really cool model. Well, um, well,
1: uh, sorry, I just want to say from the design point of view of it as well. Uh, people are complaining, the, the, look at all this new technology, uh, and isn't that heresy? This isn't actually new technology. Uh, the Redemptor was, technically, I guess, but um, if you look at this, it's literally they just took the Redemptor chassis and then said, how does someone drive this if they're not dead, and plugged into it neurally? <laughs> yeah. And they went, yeah. oh, look, uh, hey, look over there, Grey Knights and Imperial Guard Sentinel pilots, and they stole the cockpits from those machines, and sort of jammed them <laughs> together and then push it in like it it's not new tech it's just call no. is breaking boundaries and combining tech they already had to create yeah. something new overall but all its parts are not heresy clearly yeah
0: uh, yeah <laughs> no pretty- i i t- <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think what what I'm going to do is because, and this will, I'm going to have a little bit of a moan now. Yeah. Is that I'm I'm a bit frustrated that this, and obviously the other Vanguard stuff, is not Death Watch. Yeah, um, that's um, and apologies apologies to Martin yesterday, who's driving me up. To am a world yesterday because I was I had a good moan he agreed with me mm-hmm. but I was moaning like I just don't understand why why are the you know the spec ops of of the space marine world not getting the vanguard units why yeah. they, I mean yeah. I mean I'm personally invested because obviously I've, I've I've got some death watch I'm I'm in the middle of building so I I want. A death watch Invicta. I re- I mm. want one, and 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 to be honest, I'm going to have one. i Regardless, oh, I'm yeah. going to build one. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're only talking from a rules perspective. I just, but I'm. It's to the point where I I'm on the verge of emailing Games Workshop. You know, in their feedback, <laughs> you know, thing you can do for like the FAQs and mm. and everything. I really want to get why you know. I know this because we were saying that, and obviously this is a thing that people have said that have said out on the internet that obviously it's probably because to do with the shoulder pads, you know, to do with yeah. the Phobos armor stuff i'm like Mm. yeah that's that's a thing but don't still let me have the rules for it i don't Mm. let me let me model the models you know i'll i'll make it work if i want death watch you know vanguard then Mm. i should have it (laughs) because honestly you know it's so it fits so perfectly
1: like all all they need is a transfer sheet because you can say the the super fancy Death Watch shoulder pad interferes with their sleek look and makes yep. sneaking around difficult. Cool. Give them an Imperial eye transfer sheet so that you can stick on any exposed left shoulder pads, and then just paint that mm-hmm. arm silver, and you're done. Yeah, it's yeah, perfect. that's it. Or,
0: or make or make a uh, make a, an upgrade kit that's got mm. a very smaller shoulder pad, where it's yeah. just you know where it doesn't have the bulk to it. Just it just fits mm. like just literally over the. The, the shoulder, you know, literally yeah. that, that point yeah. of the shoulder and just fits on, like I said, a badge or something. Mm. Uh, I Absolutely. mean, like I said, th- there's nothing stopping me I, buying one and making it Death Watch. Like, oh, I yeah, can no. do that do whenever, it. It, it, do it. I, and I will. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to give him a Death Watch, the, you know, the Marine actually inside, I'm going to give him a Death, <laughs> Death Watch helmet and make him, you know, as much as yes. I can until I see the kit. I will make this happen. It's just more that <laughs> if I ever play with my Death Watch, like, mm, you, I'll have to sort of making make him from another chapter because obviously i could in theory ally it in but yeah
1: i mean you could just run it as a contemptor (laughs) yeah i mean
0: yeah i mean it's not
1: it's there are fudges to be made exactly
0: and and to be fair in the you know environment that i would ever be playing in it would be on a very casual basis so i'm sure i could probably get away with it it's just it's more out of principle i just find it a bit frustrating than anything
1: as much as you i want that heavy bolter sidearm to have special issue ammunition (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's, Can you imagine?
0: <laughs> oh, it'd be glorious. It's just, I, d- I, just think this is so death watch, and that's why I just find it mm. odd that it's not a thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still going to do it. I don't care. <laughs> we'll get there. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will. And so uh, we've also seen they've also shown off the Incursor squad as well, which I mm-hmm. think is a, an alternate kit for the infiltrators. Uh, infiltrators. yes, mm. which yeah. is cool.
1: These are interesting. Uh, the The main difference is they have like a cyclops style helmet, cyclops from X Men, uh. not cyclops, the Greek mythological creature. Uh, <laughs> and their bolt guns all have these really big, like tacky scopes on top. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being honest, not a huge fan of these. I would, I think it's mostly just because half of them that they've showed have the cyclops visor flipped up, and I'm like, it doesn't look very cool. No, put it good, down. No, put it put it down. Wear your full helmet. It'll be fine. Uh, mm. But apart from that, they're pretty cool, and they have haywire mines. Uh, good old uh, trash can lids you can put down to deal mortal wounds mm. to vehicles, which I'm yeah. actually I'm a fan of. Like rules wise, I think they'll be great. I just yeah. think I will if I get some, I will be changing heads. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I t- I'm totally. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I am i am i am i am not i am i do not dislike them. I'm quite a fan of them. I, again, I, I like you. I prefer the visors down, but I like the mines. I think that's a really cool idea. Again, especially the fact that you're seeing them in black and stuff. I still think mm. he should be Death Watch as well. <laughs> but um, but no, that again. I, and again, it's nice having an, an alternative option in the kit as well because obviously mm. uh, it always feels like we see more of that in the AOS side where you know you get these dual. Uh, kicks yeah, and, yeah. and such like so it's it's good but they're, they're doing it a bit more in 40k as well so mm. i i you know overall i think the, all these new units or new ones coming obviously separately because obviously mm. things like the uh the it the uh lieutenant in phobos the mm. librarian in phobos yeah. um, i think they're already well i think they're up for pre-order to Today. yesterday, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, yesterday actually. Yeah. Yeah, that is Sunday. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, right. losing track of mm. days. Um, obviously, also we forgot to cover. Obviously, um, Chief Librarian Tigarius and mm. uh, Kosaro Khan have now braved the Rubicon and now become yeah. Primaris. Um, cool. I, I think that's great. I think that's great with Tigarius because I think obviously. Mm. It, again, his model was showing a bit of age. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I really like this one, <laughs> and and again, it, it, it's nice because obviously a lot of people, uh, again, without seeing these new rules, obviously from if you're running ultramarines, a lot of people would run mm. obviously Gilliman and often Tigarius as your another HQ. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice that you've got him as a as a Primaris version now, yeah. and, and again, it's nice for, the, for the white scars. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, and it's um, nice for the white scars to have a bit of attention mm. as well.
1: Yeah, like they're getting a full supplement. They they were one of the first two as well, which is kind of mm. neat. and Korsara Khan looks great now. Like he looks yeah. really really good. Uh, my favorite detail is he has a falconer's glove on over his power armor, which like is, it's needed. Yeah, I think I think that's more for the bird's sake. So it has something softer to grip onto. But
0: yeah, I don't want ceramite. Yeah, no. But
1: he he looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, hopefully, one day he'll get a graph bike because yeah. it's, a li- it's a little sad to have a White Scars character on foot, but one day, one day we'll get Primaris bikers. Yeah, do you
0: think do you think it's odd that they, they're pushing White Scars and we, we're not having Primaris bikes at the moment?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I don't think so, because, like, th- White Scars are not bikes only, because then they mm-hmm. wouldn't be Codex compliant. Like, they have a normal <laughs> amount of bikers, they're just well-known for their bikers and their land speeders, mm-hmm. and it's just more like... Bikes fit their specialization more, so of course, famously, people only ever run white scars with bikes because why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> true, but like you know, the like all the all the fluff I've read is like yeah, and then we've got we've got these two squads of bikers, and we've got our eight squads of tactical marines in rhinos who are also going really fast. But yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. It's it, I mean mm-hmm. I'm sure we will see a bike equivalent soon. I mean, oh yeah, you know, probably a like you said a grav bike or. Mm. Or, like, <laughs> something like that, anyway. I, kind, I uh,
1: kind of hope it's not a grav bike just to keep that like more special for custodies and like Samuel. Mm. And also, it'd be yeah. nice to see something with wheels or treads for a primary. Yeah, like, primary spikes with treads would be interesting, actually.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure yeah. they've got something planned. Oh, it, yeah. it will happen. Oh, There'll yeah. be something like that. <laughs> uh, right, so next we've got the, oh, they also announced the new starter box for Kill Team, because obviously that mm-hmm. disappeared a while ago, yeah. and obviously the, what they've done is they've they've effectively taken some of the other ones that were already boxed anyway, so, so obviously mm-hmm. you've got the Fangs of Ulfric, which is the Space Wolves uh, kill team that was already separate, and then they've... Added the Taiwan, is so it something, Star Pulse? I can't remember the yeah. name of it. Yeah, And And uh, the, the, that's it, Advanced Team Star Pulse. And then mm. they've added the Sector Mechanicus terrain instead. Mm-hmm. So so this is, again, really cool. I mean, it was a bit of a shame when they took away the, the original starter set because it sort of mm. disappeared without mm. anyone really saying <laughs> anything. <laughs> Except for the stores were like, uh, yeah, they're not sending them to us anymore. <laughs> they're disappearing. <laughs> um so yeah. again, this is a, a bit of a no-brainer, but it's mm. still good to see. I think it's yeah. great, and yeah, Killed you know, sure it It's still good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it'll be, and it'll be. You know, I I bought the original one, and especially with the train and stuff, it's it's a mm. it's a very good value box set because I'm sure oh, it'd yeah. be the same price as the other one was. So yeah, mm. and it's nice, and it's nice as well as if you did get the original. Uh, set then it still wouldn't be a bad thing to maybe pick this up because you get mm. the new terrain yeah. you get a couple of new ones and you could always I don't know, sell on the book you know have it as a spare mm. whatever you whichever way you want to look at it so no that's really yeah. cool as well um right psychic awakening <laughs> mm. so this is a, a little <laughs> teaser right at the end of all these announcements that they showed off a couple of weeks ago um what's your take on this camera uh
1: they said this is bringing big changes probably for every faction. So I have a few theories and I'm pretty excited about all of them. Uh, the the easiest one to go for is it's endless spells for 40k. And honestly, that is the most likely one. However, there are, there are some implications there because every faction has in Age of Sigma now has something endless spell like that's been released since endless spells have come out. Even the factions that don't actually use magic, like blades of corn, for example,
2: um,
1: <laughs> Which means that even if it is just, here's these models for your cool psychic powers, it means there will be more to do in the psychic phase for everyone. Like, for example, Tau don't take part in it at all. Necrons mm-hmm. don't take part in it at all. Um, a lot of people just don't run psykers. Uh, don't know who you are or why you do this, you fools. Um, but uh, just a lot of people don't take part in the psychic phase much. So something to really reinvigorate that aspect of 40k would be interesting. Um, or it could be an expansion to the psychic phase itself, like a big change to how psychic powers work in 40K would be interesting. Again, make make it so that everyone gets to participate in it somehow, some, somewhere, some when uh, would be cool. Um, yeah. But the theory I'm really riding on that I really want it to be is I want this to be the next Vigilus, and I want it to be the next big story push. Because like the, the Vigilus was interesting as a set of campaigns to play, but it was really about pushing the story forwards a little more. So like here we have characters becoming Primaris, Abaddon's back from whatever he was off doing for a hundred odd years. Um, Here, you know, the Imperium is not winning, but not losing this important foothold to connect the galaxy. And I want this to be that. I want it to be, hey, what are the side effects of a massive warp rift being visible everywhere in existence for a hundred (laughs) years? is it just that suddenly the rate of psychers shoots up amongst every race? Because I feel that's what it probably is. Like, mm, yeah. is some inquisitors running the numbers like, excuse me, we went from one psyker for every million people to a hundred psychers for every million people. This is a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it would be interesting as a more freeform, not necessarily a campaign book, but like storybook with, you know, things for play mixed in as like, how has this affected this sector of space where this particular faction is in the ascendant? How is it affected over here where perhaps another faction is in control, et cetera? Hello. And, uh, how, you know, how does all this come together? But it's probably going to be endless spells for 40k.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I. I totally agree. I think most of those things you said it uh, are a possibility of some sort. I think there is a high chance it could be endless spells. I hope it's not. If I'm being brutally mm. honest, I, I I think I like that, that. I like the fact that's AOS's thing, and it can mm. makes it different to 40k. I'm not saying 40k can't have something similar, but I. I, yeah. I, I think, again, I feel thematically it's better for AOS because obviously it fits in with the Mortal Realms and all the magic around, and mm. I'm not, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be gutted by it. It would just be like, oh, okay, fair enough. If you decided to do it to 40k, it would be just nice if it's a bit something a bit more interesting than that. And, I like you said said, from a story perspective, I hope they really push things forward. I think, as mm. like I said, the, the fact that, that there's a good chance that this is the, like, obviously the name the Psychic Awakening is that all these you know all these factions all these mortals all of a sudden start you know like the great rifters sort of <laughs> click mm. something in the inside them and <laughs> and obviously it's caused in something I, I i'm really looking forward to that i think i'm really hoping to see what uh, what story comes of this um mm-hmm. the, i heard the rumor that people some people are speculating is it lionel johnson gets awoken oh. from inside the rock i mean that would be, be fantastic that would be but it. i i don't think arc. <laughs> well yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I uh, don't think it will be that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we, we can but dream. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so it's a,
1: it's a good question, because Magnus was the super psychic Primarch. Who on mm. the loyalist side was the most psychic? Ooh.
0: Not, uh, not great. I mean you've got, like, obviously
1: Yeah, because like all the Primarchs had a counterpart on either side, except mm. kind, except kind of Magnus.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, you've got, hmm. I don't know, Sanguinius was, well, yeah. he wasn't psychic, so he, he had something because obviously he could, he could see like his own death coming, and, but then mm. that's what, you know, because, but then, so, but then so did Conrad Kurs have that, but then obviously Conrad Kurs is the, like I said, is the counterpart to Korax, isn't he, really? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You're yeah. right, though. There, there isn't a really strong psychic uh, or psycho mm. on the loyalist Primark side, is there, really? So, no. Hmm. no. no. Yeah, I don't know. So it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be LG, it wouldn't be Lion though, <laughs> of all it, of them.
1: Maybe it could be though, because oh, he did spend his early life in a chaos-tainted wasteland, and he was mm. always a little off. Uh, <laughs> it <laughs> He's was like, a little off. <laughs> a little off, but like, you know, 8,000 years of sleep in the rock might have changed yeah. something in him. So it could yeah. be psychic awakening, double meaning he's awake and also he's a massively powerful psycho all of a sudden. That yeah,
0: I mean, I'd be knows? on board with that. Let's mix, yeah. it, let's mix it up. Come mix on, us
1: Yeah, yeah. As, as long as it's something interesting and cool, I think I'll be happy. Uh, I kind Tell of agree man. with it would be less cool if it was endless spells only, but cause I, just because I feel like you could do that concept like the endless spells concept in 40k in a more interesting way with like dark age relics and like Mm. hey we found this vortex grenade so we're going to chuck it on turn one and it just spends the rest of the game roaming around the battlefield (laughs) Mm. (laughs) would be interesting but like yeah we'll see we'll find out i'm sure it will be interesting at the very least
0: (laughs) exactly i mean oh yeah i can't wait to find out what it is like i said i'm not going to be like I said, if it is Endless Spells, I'm not going to be gutted by it. It's just, like I said, it would just be a bit like, oh, okay. Whereas, like I said, it would be nice if it was something completely new and you mm. know not been done before. So we shall see. Uh, and also we got the, also one last thing is obviously the, the symbol that we see in the trailer is obviously like a slightly um, uh, different version of obviously the Astra Telepathica mm. logo as well. But it obviously it looks a bit Eldari as well. It's, yeah. I mm, don't know, it'd be interested mm. to see what, what that turns out to be watch this space right <laughs> uh, and talking to watch this space uh, obviously we know sisters are on the horizon at some point and obviously they've shown off the new canoness s that's gonna be appearing at some point mm. um i think she's cool i think she's yeah. a cool looking model she like is everything we've seen
1: <laughs> she is fantastic like i've seen some i don't want to say complaints but some like points raised they like oh but she looks super old and she's got this massive collar and like listen the sisters of battle are not a military organization first and foremost first and foremost they are a religious organization of course the person in charge is going to be super old with a super flipping collar or big hat like
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: come on it, it's super especially like the collar is actually first off it can form the fleur-de-lis like the sisters of yes. battle emblem but it also looks a lot like a papal hat like the forget exactly what they call it but it it is super like not obviously roman catholicism inspired like itself but like inspired it's giving off those vibes and Mm -hmm. she looks great she's got this big grouchy face she looks old and angry about everything i'm into (laughs) it
0: yeah i think she no I, i agree i think and that was and that's what took me by surprise actually was the the well, I say the age of her, of the character because you look like I said, she looks mm-hmm. a bit older than obviously all the fresh faced other sisters we see. But then, like I said, that's very, uh, that's very correct as well. Because obviously, mm. especially with some of the novels you, you see regarding the sisters, they do, you know, the canoness or the characters can, can be quite older. And like I said, they're mm. still human at the end of the day. So I think it's quite cool that they've done that as well. Mm. But not you know, not everyone's easy youthful yeah. <laughs> ladies. You know, just kicking ass mm. all the time. It's ones that yeah. you know are more grizzled and mm. and veterans, etc. So I think, yeah, I think mm. she's great. Yeah. really good, really I mean, good indeed.
1: I mean, there is like rejuvenate treatment and stuff that's meant to make you look younger and things like that. But would a mm-hmm. sister of battle who knows that vanity is a vice and temptation of chaos ever actually use that?
0: I do, well, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I can't remember which novel it was where they. Was it? Was it Plague War? I don't know. It's one where mm. the this particular sister would rather like, um, like, disfigure herself than be seen mm. as beautiful. Like, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think it, it was Plague, Plague War. Or, what, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's that same thing where they, like I said, they they're not there to be, you know, looked at and such like. They're there. They are, you know, to represent the emperor. So no, I think that's mm. really cool, lovely, yeah. and I, I I'm still, I'm still got this gut feeling it's going to be. Around Christmas time, we're going to oh, yeah. start seeing the sisters. I think that's yeah. where we can live I and think, hope.
1: <laughs> I think end of November, start of December is when they will be mm. out out and on shelves in yes, particular. Yes, so I like, agree. I'm, I'm expecting start of November, we hear about them pre-orders middle of November,
0: probably. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> right um let's switch up to aos um not mm-hmm. much really for aos no. aos has been very quiet whilst all this primary stuff is going on so the the main bit is we they've obviously done a Varenscribe scribe war builder which is obviously like we've seen before with the other games where you can obviously go on the community website and use the tool to build your own war cry warband and mm-hmm. name them and you know point them up and everything like that um cool I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I, l- I love it when they do these tools. <laughs> yeah, it's you know.
1: handy. It keeps things simple. Like, um, I mean, to be fair, WordPress is pretty simple to keep built as it yeah. is, luckily. But more tools, never really an issue. Um, all right, yeah, let's yeah. let's move on. Uh, tell me about Reader's Choice 2020. What is this? Because I'm not actually
2: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> um, this was uh something that they they did on the community site a well within the last week or so that basically they uh put a poll up on the store on the sorry on the website where you can basically uh vote for the some of the uh, novels to be re-released uh, Ooh. Oh, in yeah. next year um i'm trying to find the page and i can't find it because <laughs> <laughs> there was a choice on uh, on 40k and aos mm-hmm. and i think a few of the others yeah, yeah basically there was uh, yeah i think there's some they'd basically taken about half a dozen older novels that are basically out, out of print now mm, yeah. um and yeah you could basically vote to uh, say which ones you want to be yeah re-released I think this. they've done this before yeah I they think. did
1: this last year because it was Graham McNeil's Storm of Iron came out relatively again mm. relatively recently didn't it I think that was yeah yeah
0: yeah no no I and, remember. And that- yes <laughs> yeah, that's basically, yeah, that was all it was. I, I think, to be honest, I think the voting is probably finished by now. Oh, and yeah. And yeah. i struggling to find the page. But yeah, it was <laughs> again, it's more to say that it's good that when they, they do this sort of stuff, because it gives you uh, a few options. Um, like, I know one of them was um, that the Sigvald uh, mm. novel mm. for, you know, obviously what used to be in Warhammer Fantasy. Well, so that yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. I found the page. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah. So obviously, off the back of last years or uh, well, last couple of years, we got um, Dan Abnett's Brothers of the Snake, uh, mm-hmm. Graham McNeil's Storm of Iron, um, Kim Newman's Drachenfels, and the one of the Gotrek and Felix ones, which uh, City of the Damned. So for the ones that were on choice for this one so for 40k it was nightbringer which is a uh, ultramarines one you got scourge the heretic you got hells reach uh, faith and fire uh, then crusade for armageddon and fifteen hours. I've I voted for fifteen hours because I've heard mm. that's a fantastic novel, supposedly, mm. and I've never mm. had the chance to read it. Uh, on the on the well, I say AOS is obviously why I'm a fantasy. Really, you, the choices were Malacheth, uh, The Great Betrayal, uh, Skarsnik, uh, Sigvald, Blood of an Anarion, and Iron Company. So, oh, man. and then there was a. Those were pretty good. The, <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, some really good, strong choices. Um, oh, no, there's still a few days left. I mean, obviously, by this mm. recording, it would, probably be, it, would be, it would have been gone by now. But, <laughs> yeah, 21st is the uh, the date you can get your votes in. And, and also what they've done as well is what's quite cool is they've now also asked, uh, I think there's about 10 books they put forward to go on to uh, mm. audio. Yeah. Um, some of them including, like, Ashes of Prospero and Honor Ooh. Bound, you know, that one with the yeah. uh, the female Commissar, uh, Nightbringer, mm-hmm. Mephiston. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Couple of one, one of those will at least go into audio as well. Nice. So yes, that's what that reader's choice was. <laughs> um, obviously, earlier we spoke about the Black Library submissions. Obviously, myself and Cameron are both going to enter it. Um, mm-hmm. I think from memory, it's the twenty sixth. Is it's the when it opens? The, the, yeah, yeah, and then it's till about the twenty third of September. So you've got just mm-hmm. shy of a month to to get it in it's 500 words you've got to uh do a few you, the bios of your of your characters mm, it's all it's mm. all themed around a a group of individuals fighting together you know and, and obviously their camaraderie or treachery depending on which which way you go with it so yeah mm. um very exciting indeed <laughs> <laughs> so i can't wait to get stuck into that uh so, the last couple of bits is just a few previews and a few, a few sort of stealth releases that sort of happened in the last sort of week or so. Uh, so, uh, from a Middle Earth point of view, Ardicon has basically showed off a few new things that are happening. Um, probably the most interesting is they're doing a plastic King of the Dead, which yes. is very cool. It looks and so good. It <laughs> looks great. Um, I'm particularly pleased because I've got literally behind me about 30. Uh, ghosts mm. from <laughs> Warriors of the Dead from Middle Earth so and and to be fair the I almost did get the king of the dead a while ago when I last mm. went to Warhammer world but decided not to because the models are a bit uh, old now it's but still in metal so uh this new mm. one looks great. He looks really just like you'd see him in the in the, the movies. And also he comes with a, uh, a couple of Heralds of the Dead as well, which, again, mm. both look really cool. Uh, there's profile cards, so similar to what you see in the other games. So, again, that's really cool. It's like the War Scroll cards in AOS, sort of very yeah. similar, but obviously a Middle-Earth version. And then starting on the 24th, they are going to do an, a, a week of uh, made-to-order for middle earth so again there's some mm. cool new model well not new models models that you can <laughs> get to, <laughs> no they're quite the opposite they're old models <laughs> that well, you can uh as i do as part of the made to order scheme which obviously means you got a week to order and then you get them generally a month or so later so that's all very cool uh we got the necromunda bounty hunters that were shown off mm. uh i think just i think it was in the last couple of days mm. uh they look very cool as well um I'll be honest, I don't know much about them, so I can't really <laughs> <laughs> comment hey. any more than that. Yeah,
1: they look neat. But They're good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Exactly. And also on the heresy side, we've you, got the, the assault speeder that's coming for the White Scars. That was shown off mm-hmm. a little while ago yeah. from memory. So that's up for pre-order. And also now you can buy the, I think you can buy them now anyway, the Dark Angels uh, ones that were shown off, which is the Contemptor body and the Praetor as well. Mm. So probably two of the best looking, (laughs) the Praetors and Contemptors as well.
1: Absolutely fantastic.
0: (laughs) And again, they were shown off, a good while ago as well so it's again it's what mm. it just shows sometimes we get we see so much stuff that you're like oh, oh yeah i remember that that was showed off like four <laughs> months ago it's so it's amazing how you end up forgetting about them and then all of mm. a sudden they creep <laughs> creep up again um and the last bit of news which i i think is on for probably another week or so so you may be able to catch it is on the uh humble bundle website is they're doing a dark heresy Bundle so Dark Heresy is one of the uh, one of the Warmer 40k RPG, mm. you know, the tabletop RPGs, yeah. um, you know, in the same line as like Death Watch and and things like that. Um, yeah, they're doing a really good bundle. I think it's about $15 to get the top Ooh. tier, Ooh, well, something like good. that. Yeah. It's a very good price. I mean, if you're not f- quick one, if you're not familiar with hum- Humble Bundle, uh, basically they do these bundles on the website. Um, it can be anything. It's often games and and books and such like. But they're doing one for these, obviously for the digital books for the Dark Heresy uh, stuff. And basically, you basically con- you know you you submit a, a certain amount. It's all tiers. Like one dollar will get you something, five, ten, fifteen, whatever the the website will tell you. And then basically you get that tier plus what's before it. So obviously if you do the $15 mm. one, which I think is the top one, you will literally get everything. Uh, and basically they're all non DRM. So you can download them, you know, as, as and when they're basically attached to your account, et cetera. And, mm. and also the great thing is they get, you know, you, you can give it to charity. You can basically from memory, you can change how much you give of it. Like it's all done on like a slider basis, you know, on the website. So you can, you can give it all to charity, which is what I tend mm. to do, but you can give a bit to, uh, the publisher as well yeah. and a bit yeah. too humble bundle. You can sort of, yeah, you know, mix and match, but uh, yeah, if you want, if you're interested in playing those games, you get them at a great price and you're giving money to charity. So nothing mm. better than that.
2: <laughs> so <enough. laughs> if you get
0: time, go and do it. Mm, um, yeah. And that's been all the news for the last couple of weeks. So yeah, it's been a bit active, isn't it, mate? Been very mm. active.
2: Yeah.
1: What's going on?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, break time and when we come back let's talk about what's going on around the Varan Spire back soon right are we ready for glory or death or maybe both, <laughs> maybe a bit of oh, glory in them and then a bit of death. <laughs> so, uh, as said earlier, we're going to talk about the law of Warcry. Um, I mean, basically, this is out fundamentally of the rule book that comes with Warcry that we mm. we both happen to have. Um, uh, well, <laughs> slight spoil. Well, obviously, this will be a sl- not spoilers really. But there's not lots of law in the book at this mm. current state because I suppose fundamentally it's a rule book to play the new game and that's obviously what they want people doing whereas obviously they've done a little bit of lore around it so yeah. you know compared to like when we cover codexes and battle tomes and, and such like mm-hmm. uh it's not as fleshed out but i think obviously that's purely intentional um so i think what we're planning on doing is um like, just having a conversation now, uh, like we've done mm. in recent times, talk about what we thought was cool about the new law and, and the bits we particularly liked and thought was interesting. And we'll, sort of, we'll do this as almost like a part one, and then we're thinking maybe in two episodes' time, uh, when we cover... AOS again as the main topic, we'll sort of flesh it out by covering like one of the books that's associated with Warcry or mm. the Varan Spire and Archeon and stuff and sort of like, you know, sort of almost tie it together a bit more. Okay, right, well, This is the basic stuff and here's a bit more <laughs> at a later time. So that's sort of, that's yeah. the plan anyway. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But, uh, but we'll cover obviously this bit now. Um, yeah. So obviously, like I said, in the war cry book you do get obviously to hear about the obviously where it takes place which is around the varon spire the eight points and obviously fundamentally hear about the new warbands uh, war bands and obviously what they're about um so karen what do you sort of think about <laughs> the, the lore all over you know <laughs> overall
1: uh i'm a pretty big fan uh i liked that it it doesn't spend a lot of time doing but i think it does it efficiently uh which is fleshing out the varon spire as like a place uh, because really all we knew before it was, it's kind of this midpoint between all the realms where there's realm gates leading to every other realm. Uh, but what we find out is it's this weird island. There are eight realm gates spaced concentrically around the edge of it, mm-hmm. it looks like. Uh, and then there are eight great roads leading from each of those realm gates into the center, which is the varen Spire itself, where Archeon built his big citadel. Uh, we don't touch any of those in this book, uh, because if you try to walk on those roads, you get murdered by the endless legions of chaos. <laughs> and of course, if you're in the Varenspire, Spire, you already have Archaeon's favor, this is about getting Archeon's favor, so you somehow get to this place, get to the all points or the eight points, I guess it's called now. Rather, mm-hmm. uh, and then you avoid the major roads because you'll be killed, uh, and instead you go into one of these eight slices of terrifying wilderness that are like evenly sectioned in between the roads, which mm. is really interesting. Yeah, because Warcry actually only takes place in one of them, which is the Bloodwind Spoil. That's right. Like, all all your Warcry games take place in this one sort of. St- pie-shaped sliver of (laughs) land, um, which is really interesting. Uh, they've got a map of the area as well, uh, which is, I was, I was at first, the first, when I first looked at the map, I was kind of confused because it has these very, very defined edges. And then I realized, oh wait, those are the roads. Right. Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) yep. uh, and like to let you know, these roads are big and they're important to the point where one of them just cuts a mountain range in half. Uh, like there is a mountain range on one side of the road, and then there is no mountain range on the other side of the road by the looks of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like it, yeah. they're, they're, they're pretty big. Uh, and we get a pretty detailed look at the actual layout. This is almost more like old school Warhammer fantasy. Mm. This is, this is what the layer of the land looks like, which is really cool. Like we see all the mountain ranges. We see a couple of forests. Um, uh, we mostly see mountain ranges, forests, some rivers. Uh, there is a lake made entirely of blood. Uh, yeah, lovely. It seems to be <laughs> lovely. Um, but I actually really like, because cause you get this this map shot of it, and then later on in the book, this is part of the campaign play, there is actual, like, written campaigns for each of the factions, mm-hmm. but it has a little map that shows you the path the campaign takes your warband on in yeah. a certain part of the Warcry map. Uh, so if you can sync those up, that's really cool. Uh, that'd probably be a little difficult, but you can probably figure it out. Um
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i mean but, yeah it's, it's nice to have a good yeah. map isn't it that actually visualize mm. what you know, yeah. where i think how things connect up and and to get a true lay of the land <laughs> as such, mm. really yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely you can actually see what's going on like that, i mean this was a complaint with early age of sigma was there were no maps you didn't know what any of the realms looked like they fixed nope. that with second edition luckily uh we got some good maps of the realms uh, and they're continuing on with good maps um and, like, we, we learn what it's like. Like, it's chaotic. Like, this, this point between all the realms is influenced by all the realms. So, you know, there are places where the land twists and turns against you, where creatures burst out from under the sands, where life grows these horrific plants that will eat <laughs> you alive. All kinds of awful, awful things. Um. But in particular, in the Bloodwind Spoil, this section is named that because there are just these storms of boiling blood that roll <laughs> over occasionally and just kill everyone. <laughs> um, which is actually, I'm pretty sure, one of the effects in the game is uh, the blood is a bloodstorm, which yeah, I think gives everyone I so. an extra attack or mm, something like that. Something like that. If, yeah. it, if it if it comes up, yeah. Uh, but it's... because. It's interesting because um, you're actually in this quite confined area, like, law wise But obviously, because you're in the middle of all these conflicting energies, there's a lot of interesting things they can do to change it up. And then they represent that in the game with the twist cards. So, like, mm-hmm. there are games where you're in a swamp. So, if you're touching the ground and not on a building, your movement's lowered. Um, I believe I mentioned last episode with the game of Walker I played, we were in the middle of a blizzard. So, <laughs> if you didn't move, you might start freezing to death. Like, there, there's... There's a lot of variability going on in a set area, which I think is really fun and interesting. Like chaos, chaos is good for that, honestly. Um, and then the law for the tribes themselves is pretty fun, uh, huh. and we actually get we actually get law for two tribes that haven't been uh, officially announced yet. Yeah, which that's is true. Also very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, was left out, but we know now they have the scions of the flame mm-hmm. and. There are the natives, which are the spire tyrants, yeah. which are people people who got to the Varon spire, got put in the fighting pits, and then decided that wasn't good enough anymore. Once they <laughs> reached to the top of the fighting pits, yeah. and went back. Went, they went back out after they got in, they're like, <laughs> "No, it's more fun. It's more fun killing people out there in the wilderness."
0: Exactly.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, like like none of these are massively fleshed out, but they all have a good flavor to them. They're all mm. very unique. And I think that's the strong suit of Warcry is everything is super distinct, and even if it's not super fleshed out, you can imagine for yourself how these things work up mm. against each other. Like yeah. y- you can imagine Splintered Fang going up against the Unmade and what that would be like, and of course you can play it out as well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all these kind of things. Like it, it's it's good, but succinct, which I think is also a good thing. Mm. It also means the rulebook's not absolutely massive and it doesn't cost more than a codex. It's quite an easy <laughs> yeah. read. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: No, I, I, you're right. I think it gives you enough for what is needed at this point. And I, I think that what I was quite impressed with, that it's not focused around gladiator pits because I suppose I must admit when warpy no. became it was a thing and first announced and we were getting drip fed information mm. I always thought that I could just imagine it's in an arena all the time and mm. and mm. it's nice that it's not that it is literally warbands on <laughs> what is one big pit you know like they said like you said yeah, the, the land yeah. is so despicable so you know the land is trying to kill you as well as everything else there the, <laughs> the the fact is that you're fighting over areas just because you happen to come across each other you're trying like like mm. said, like Cameron mm. said is that everyone is trying to impress Archaeon and trying to get his favor and you know it's not It's not like a pre-done, like like I said, like a gladiator fight, like where they just unleash, right, you come out of that pit, you come out of that, fight (laughs) each other. It's literally, it's just they're fighting each other because you're in my way. Uh, You know, Mm. like I said, the Splinter Fang are wandering around. um, They come across the unmade. You know, and they have it out with each other because obviously they've Mm. got to be, you know, the top dog uh, in Archaon's eye. Eyes, yeah, (laughs) multiple eyes. All all three of (laughs) them. All three of them, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I like, I like the fact that they've given us a map with this as well. I like the fact Mm. that you can now distinctly see these areas, and it's almost like um, you can imagine like I said, to a more degree have how this plays out. You can, you, and obviously mm. it gives a lot of flexibility of adding to this as well. Like you, said, like you said, it's amazing that this, this one piece of the pie, this blood, wind, spoil, and the fact you've got so much to it, like like you said, you've got, you've got the Soul Flayer Desert right down the bottom, mm. you've got all the mountains at the other end, you know, it's, it's an absolute, hellhole in, in so many different ways um, I mean some of the descriptions you get are fantastic isn't there like there's there's uh, forests that like suck your blood and then there's yeah, uh, yeah. like these isn't there like crystals that yeah that, that's it there's the cursed crystal that drain the mind and petrify the flesh blood, dr- that's <laughs> it, blood drinking trees uh, yeah, yeah you know geist haunted ruins going back to the date mm. you know the uh, age of myth But it's great.
1: Mm. (laughs) There's a lot lot of really good stuff. Um, And it actually does something interesting with how it tells the stories about Warcry, which is there is the campaign system, which is every faction has at least one campaign. Uh, The six initial released factions. So the... Uh, untamed beast, iron golem, splintered fangs, the unmade, the corvus cabal, and the cypher lord. They get two each mm-hmm. because they're the, they're the main focus of Warcries release, I suppose. <laughs> um, but these campaigns are interesting because they're nine games long. So you play nine games and every third game is what's called a convergence. Which is a point where so you you play two games wandering along towards your objective where you just randomly meet up with other people and have to fight them as you said, mm-hmm. and then the third game is from your point of view an important battle for whatever reason. So let me just uh, let me just flip one open randomly. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Uh, God, where are the campaigns? Here we are. Um, so, for example, the Bottle Heist, which is the Gloomspike uh <laughs> yes, campaign. Yeah, I love this Incidentally, one. Incidentally, Gloomspike Gits are here, uh, here to steal glassware to store <laughs> potions in, because, of course, they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, like, you play two games of, essentially, you're wandering around looking to bottles, then you get to your third one, which is called Run For It. Uh, it's been a long and fruitless hunt, and the morale of your fractious band is running low. You eye your fellow grots suspiciously, trying to work out which of them might be planning to sink a shiv into your back. They stare back through narrowed eyes. Distracted, you almost fail to notice the dark shapes racing towards you from all sides. Ambush! It's every git for himself as your <laughs> warband scatters and flees, dodging arrows and axe swings. Like, like that, that, there's a lot of different styles, but it's interesting because it's, first off, it's, to- it's talking to you directly yes, in exactly. every single one of them is because it's your warband these are your people uh, and it's telling the story in pieces because you do that you play two games that's your third one then you play another two and you get to your next one uh, which in the Spites case is they meet someone who uh, says he's going to kill all of you unless you work for him but he'll give you bottles if you work for him as well Uh <laughs> You're like yeah yeah that sounds fair. Uh we got we got to go get this stuff for that guy whatever. And then you know you get to the last one which is your ninth game. Uh you know he he this guy you met is like yeah now take all that stuff you stole to my our chemical workshop and you go oh yes. And you nickel <laughs> his stuff and run off obviously. Um <laughs> But then, so you get these three little points of interesting way of interesting story beats, effectively, and the story changes can change along the way from your perspective because those two other games really interesting stuff might happen as well. Like maybe your warband leader dies and another grot rises up, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then, then when you finish it, there's a final little story beat uh, that gives you a permanent reward for the warband. It's usually an extra artifact that you can stick on someone, uh, and these are all really interesting. Um, one of them actually ties into the Slanesh battle tome. Oh, does it? Uh, did you know? No. Yeah. Uh, the, so the Corvus Cabal loves stealing trinkets, and in the Slanesh battle tome, we learned about a champion of Slanesh, which is a gargant, a giant who has eaten so much he can't move, but will occasionally vomit up treasure. Um, it turns out he actually lives in the Bloodwind Spoil in oh, okay. Uh, and the Corvus Cabal's camp, one of their campaigns is about getting past all his guards, finding, you like, finding, finding the cabin he lives in, getting past all the guards, and the final mission is, uh, he's asleep on the ground, but the, the shanty town that sprung up around him is lit by this massive bladed chandelier right on top of him. Uh, so as the Corvus Cabal, you have to fight to take out the guards and then drop the chandelier. And then the the final story beat is they drop the chandelier, it cuts open the giant and treasure goes everywhere and you <laughs> gather it all up and you run away but you take one piece for yourself. And like <laughs> this is this is actually like story advancement because like here we this guy got like a bit in the uh the timeline section of the Head Knights Battle Tome and here we learn now he's being killed because Warcry exists and these crazed marauders are running around <laughs> doing whatever doing whatever they think pleases the chaos gods best, which in the Corvus Cabal is gather shiny trinkets to offer to them. Mm, um, shiny. Yeah. But like, I, I like that it's linking into things. There's probably other links. I haven't read through all the campaigns in detail, but that one caught my eye. Um, yeah. I, I just really like that style of toy, storytelling because you can just read through it.
0: Yeah, but of course you can.
1: It also... Also, like I've done, obviously, I've not played through the Corvus Cabal campaign yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, you can also play through it and get this piecemeal drip of... These stories are all quite fun and interesting. Like, mm. Daughters of Cain are seeking an, an informant, someone who went against Marathi and fled to the eight points. Because they were safer here than, <laughs> than where Marathi could That's get them. A,
0: That says a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And, like, the the final part of that is you find them and you execute them in the name of Rathi, but the whole time they're going on about how she's tricking you, how mm. she's not really the high priestess of Cain and everyone, you're like, yeah, pff, of course not. Uh, of course you're <laughs> a liar. You're a traitor and a liar. But, like, it's sowing those seeds of it's playing on story beats that we've gotten over, like, the last year, year and a half even, of Age of Sigma stuff. There are little threads woven in, which is appropriate because this is the center of everything, so mm. the little threads should be finding their way here yeah like it's a lot of fun i've, I've quite enjoyed reading this book
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you're right and that, and that's the way it should be things should be start to be interwoven now because obviously like i said a- aos is quite you know is now sort of four years old so we should be seeing these links between you know and the connections between these different parts of the law this like you said this sh- it should be a thing so it's it, like you said it's like oh great yes i did you know like you said you've you've obviously spotted that connection there already um <laughs> and and also it it's nice i thought that the this part of the of the story or this part of the mortal realms has has actually got some attention as well because obviously like, like i said we we in in certain bits of the law certain bits of the novels and and obviously like the core book we do get mention of obviously the the all points obviously which is what it used to be called and obviously like you said it's now called the eight points um and, and like I said, it's these things are referenced before, but like you, mm. it's actually nice to see some context of like, well yes so you know once upon a time there was the all points the all points like you said was this way of all the realm gates to you know to get to all the different realms um you know because obviously people traveled i love the way it sort of describes it like some people may travel through a lake uh some people it's yeah. like you know where it's like a, a bolt of light you know transporting <laughs> people around and obviously all these different ways um and it's obviously it it's nice to sort of read these things because you can almost then connect the dots because it, you know you go right okay that's how a realm gate works they connect two realms together mm. usually it's only one way um but now we've got this you know we got this place that um that we know that Archaon you know took over at some point but that's all we really sort of, well from my understanding anyway that's all we ever mm. really heard about it that you know Archaon took yeah. it and that's now where he, you know, that's his now, his, his headquarters, so to speak. And it's great to know that, like, even references, like, right, yeah, well, well what was the All Points before? Like, okay, we know wh- what it is now, but what is it before? Well, actually, it was a place of trade and travel, you know, it was full of men, elves, Duardin, et cetera. So all the you know, effectively most of the races of order were there. Just, you know, it was a a hub for, you know, civilization and, like I said, trade and things like that. And, you know, and obviously it was all all part of the way that Sigmar was uniting everyone. And it's like, and then, as we know, Age of Chaos came along. Demons and Warriors (laughs) literally stormed it. They tried to, you know, they tried to obviously defend. Couldn't do it. They were overpowered. You know, Archaon, you know, put his flag in the sand and goes, right, okay. Varan spire mm. build it as a new fortress and obviously that's now you know where we get the Guard and such like I so I like I said to me it's always felt that this part of the law is it's sort of been a, it's slightly neglected and I think it's probably when we see whatever happens with slaves to darkness slash ever chosen mm. when that
2: mm.
0: inevitable battle tome etc comes out in <laughs> due course that I'm sure this part will get fleshed out so it's great because because I, I find that I know we're talking about on now, but I find that in the AOS side of things, he's a bit like, you know, he did all this stuff to the end times and then hmm. he's then done a lot here and he's just like hanging around. <laughs> like he's yeah, like, you know, yeah. like, well, what's Archeon Taking time now? off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just chilling. <laughs> Taking some well-earned rest after the end times. <laughs> you know, And but it's, no, it's, it's nice to actually see like where he is. Like, right, this is his land. You know, this is the Baron spy. This is and and the connection to warcry like and and obviously mm. the pull he still has because that's again the key thing it says obviously you know the the call of archaeon is that that with you know with knowing how dominant the chaos gods are in aos and obviously you know we've had a lot of attention with the head of knights recently obviously blades of corn and obviously the other two gods in recent times and and obviously the great horned rat as well not not forgetting and it it's mm-hmm. nice that Archeon still has a presence because obviously as the, mm. you know, as the book alludes to is that Archeon makes his call and, you know, and, like it actually says is that his call must be answered it's not like it's not like well okay on i fancy a few more hours in bed if you don't mind and then i'll i'll come and help you it's like no his answer must be called and obviously all the war war bands and all the their mighty champions out there because like mm. like we need to remember is there's lots of war you know not necessarily war bands in the same sense as war cry but there's lots of chaos you know slaves to darkness that yeah. are out there. They, you know, they, they're roaming in all the different realms. But he, you know, when, when his call goes out, must be answered. And, and obviously, like you said, the mighty champions go out and obviously they, they go to the Varan Spire. I, one thing I thought was really cool, which is yeah. something you were touching on earlier, is I love the fact that when his call is sent out, I love the fact that. He, they, obviously they must travel via their own realm gate to obviously get to, mm. you know, to the Varus Spire. but they've got to sort of fight their way there. And then like, and like every realm gate at most times, there, the, there's fighting going on. It's like, it's like yeah. kick out yeah. time at a nightclub. There's people outside. There's always stuff going on <laughs> and you've got to sort of, you know, they've actually got to sort of dodge and weave through all the crowds to get to the realm gate. And, and it, it's quite funny because it's almost like the, 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 and the key thing here, you you feel, well, to me anyway, you feel that all these Chaos Warbands are all about fighting. They're all about proving them, but themselves. But there's obviously a big survival aspect to what they have to do as well, because, mm. like I said, you would expect that, well, yeah, just fight your way to the Realm Gate. Well, that actually may not be an option. If there's, like I said, a Warband of, like, eight of them, you know, they may not, and, and there's, like, you know, three, four hundred... You know, warriors of, of various variety fighting it out. You're not going to, you can't take out, you can't take those numbers on. So you're going to have to literally just, you know, literally bombard your way mm. through, sneak through, um, and then to get to the other side. And then I think what I found quite amusing is they get through the realm gate, you end up at the eight points. And then because of this, mili- you know, this military highway that's going all the way through it, they've sort <laughs> of got to go through a gauntlet of, uh, of wilderness to get there. Again, it's not a simple just turn up going right. Yep, yeah, yeah, I heard you. You called for us. We're here. <laughs> Let's fight it out. It's. Uh, I think that's great. And it, it's so chaos as well. It's so chaos the fact that they've got oh, to. Yeah. They've got to do it like this. They've got to make their way out in. It'll make their way by any ways possible. And I like the fact that the 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 the, the, the scenery, the the train there. Is, is literally his own gauntlet, isn't it? It's like the fellow like you say, because mm, we were talking mm. about, like I said, blood drinking trees and, and, uh, you know, things like that. It's great that that's how they get to prove, you know, like just simply by turning up, they've almost proved themselves to, to our yeah. on. Um, <laughs> I, like I said, I think the main point I'm trying to make here is I still think it's great that his, his, <laughs> his opinion uh, of sorts mm. is still relevant i, I like the fact that they still got mm. to they still want mm. to prove themselves like he's still a big deal because again i personally feel that okon has been a bit like the way that the, because obviously he's not as important from you know, from as part of the chaos gods at, at this moment in time, they're getting the focus. I think it's, and obviously that'll turn when, like I said, when the, the slaves of darkness ever chosen stuff comes out, but it's great that it's like, no, no, he still matters <laughs> at the end mm-hmm. of the day. His opinion mm-hmm. counts. And, uh, and obviously proving yourself uh, to him is still makes a big deal. But um, yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. was of all the different law, when it comes to the war bands, was there any that you, that you particularly thought was quite interesting of any sorts?
1: I mean, the unmade are always good. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, Just, I I think what really sells it for me, for them, is the contrast between how they see themselves and how they, like, refer to themselves and what they actually are. Because, mm. like, you know, here we've got the Awakened Ones, and the, the big creepy stilt monster is called a Blissful One, and then you go... <laughs> Well, well, how do you join this cult? Because you all seem really happy by the way you're talking. It's like, oh, you know, just peel your face off, stick it on your belt. The <laughs> usual, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the norm. It's yeah. very, it, it's very grim, dark, but in a in a fantasy K L C way. It's not just going, oh, and then we turn you into servitor and you run the guns for a thousand years or whatever. No, no, it's like this is this is not something I've heard over in 40k it's not something i've heard really in fantasy and i think it's unique This like this level of self-mutilation and again this, this is this not in devotion to any particular pa- power they're not getting pleasure out of it for Solanesh. they're not doing it for bloodshed for corn or anything like that um yeah i don't know like the unmade are really interesting uh i love the corvus cabal just because a group of chaos worshipers whose main goal is to act like magpies and grab <laughs> as much signage stuff as they can to <laughs> worship the chaos gods <laughs> is pretty great as well. Um, I mean, they're, they're all pretty interesting. Honestly. Um, I just really, really want to see the Spire Tyrants and the Silence mm. of the Flame. Cause they mm. also have interesting stuff like Silence of the Flame prove themselves by eating magma magmavores. You know, those things, the Dwarden fire slayers summon <laughs> yeah, those yeah. big, those big lava monsters. Like, to, to be a sign of the flame, you've got to eat one of those, which mm. is pretty badass. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they, they've all got their really good points, I feel, and they're all really interesting in their own way. But for me, it's probably the Unmade and the Corpus Cabal stand out from mm. a lore standpoint as yeah. being super fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I,
0: I wouldn't disagree with that. I like the fact that the Unmade, I, I like the fact that they their purpose is, and the reason they do stuff is that devotion to chaos. Like they're not just doing, mm. even though they're not just doing it for fun. Like you're saying the fact that they're, they're flaying their face, putting it on their belts then the fact that not, and, like, and then the fact that they, that leads to like they they get, they chop off their limbs and put blades on in their place. It's mm. like, they, mm. it's not just like, we're a bit, bit crazy. It's the fact that they, they, that's their way of devoting themselves to chaos. The fact that they, they're mm. becoming living weapons because that, you know, they, they're yeah. sort of removing, yeah. I think it says they're removing their humanity um, to, mm. you know, to, and that, and that's, that's their way of, you know, and I like the thing that I think that's what I like about all the, the different war bands is the fact that everything they do is still that same common theme. It's, to, it's their way of devoting mm. themselves to chaos. At the end of the day, yeah, it's just they yeah. all do it in very <laughs> extremely different ways. <laughs> and I think that's cool. Like you said, with the, with the Corvus Caval, the fact that they, you know, they worship this great, uh, the great gatherer mm. who's, you know, all about cutthroats and thieves and stuff. And the fact that it's all about the shiny stuff. But, it, but obviously key to that is obviously they believe that Archaeon is like the avatar of the gatherer. So they actually look at him as mm. a, as a sort of a god type being. And, and yeah, the fact that yeah. this is by, by uh, by being part of his of his you know his army, they, he's getting the treasure, and that's keeping the great you know the great gatherer happy. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. almost like they're literally put you know all these different warbands are putting Archaeon on a on a pedestal and look at him f- uh, in that same light, but all for completely different reasons. Like I <laughs> you know I Archaeon because he you know because of he is the you know the bringer of the apocalypse and the fact that he's. You know, he's uh, uh, as powerful as he is, and what he, you know, is, and obviously his connection mm-hmm. to all the Chaos Gods is like, it's almost like he's using them, but they're using him at the same time. Cause I think, mm-hmm. right, great. Mm-hmm. By, by being part of his army and him pulling off exactly what he wants, then they in turn get what they want. Like the untamed beasts, obviously they, Mm. You know they're obsessed with hunting and eating carnivore carnivores, and obviously so they're joining his hunt. And obviously they they have connections with like animal spirits, and obviously they get empowered by the uh, the uh, you know the animals they eat. And so obviously in turn by him being. The eater of worlds—I think they call—they call him. Mm, you know, that's that's mm. like he's like the ultimate game hunter <laughs> to, to them. <laughs> and uh, and I, one thing I actually I particularly like was actually the Cipher Lords one as well because obviously the Cipher Lords are, mm. are in this city. I think it's in it I think it's the the city yeah. they live in, and they're basically obviously they are. Chaos, wor- Chaos worshippers, and the fact, and obviously they're based around trickery and madness. But I like the fact that their goal is to basically become his spy masters and his assassins. Again, mm. that's so mm. thematic and appropriate as well. You know, so again, they've all got. It's almost like the, it, it's almost like every war band is a strength or an aspect of Archaon and his army. Mm. You know, so you got the unme- yeah. the unmade, yeah. uh, like I said, are his living weapons. The Corvus Cabal are all about. To you know, <laughs> gathering things. Cause again, that's a mm. thing, um, <laughs> you know, you got the, the, beasts as the hunters, you got the cypher lords as the, the you know, the, as the wannabe spy masters, assassins, etc. Um, I mean, the splinter, <laughs> splinter fang, I suppose, are, are their own thing. And obviously, you know, obviously this obsession with poison and, and things like that. Again, mm. it's all, they're all different aspects of brutality um, and, and devotion at the same time. I, uh, yeah, I think that not, I like the way that they all, connect in some sort of way they're not just random warbands in the sense that mm. they they all it's almost like a bit like the all points connects all the rounds all these all these warbands connect to archaeon or you know mm. in, in, yeah. in a in a in some sort of fashion i think that's really i'm i'm sure there's probably something deliberate in that <laughs> in that as well so <laughs> oh, i, yeah, I think that's really cool it's um mm. And and I think that's why I'm hoping, you know, if we say sh- shortly we do cover, like, the anthology book that, that was written, um, we'll obviously get to a bit more of the meat of, you know, behind it and obviously, mm. you know, where they come from. Because obviously, you know, what's good even in the book, it's it's very brief, but I like the fact that they tell you where they come from. You know, they come from, like, the Iron Golem come from the the and mountains in Shimon and and things like that. Mm. And, you know, you got, like, almost like a... You know, like an area that they come from at all times. And, and, you know, and again, it just helps you plot the map a bit later, uh, a bit or a bit better, I should say. And also, I'm hoping that these areas will become things as well. Like, you know, in this, you Mm. know, even just purely from a lore and a story perspective, it'd be great if, like, right, Noxied, uh, the Cypher Lord's city, that'd be great if that becomes a novel somewhere down the line or a short story. Uh, It it could be in the anthology, not read it yet, so that may be a thing, but it'd be great if that. You know, like you were saying, where you've got these links, like, oh, that man, that's the city that the Cipher Lords are in charge of. Oh, mm. you know, how is that going to yeah. you know if it, how it plays not into Warcry, but how it plays into the greater AOS world <laughs> is is what I'm mm. hoping will be a thing. So, no, it's all cool. Um, I, one thing actually, I was, was going to say, I. I, I the one thing I wish they'd done a bit more of is that when, when it comes to obviously talking about the non chaos war because you will see in, in the, in the book, it tells you about the green spike gets the night haunt and the Stormcast of why from a, you know, from a, a narrative point of view, why they, they could be in the, or why they are in the eight points. I, I just think it's mm. a shame. They didn't do that for all the, all of them, you know, yeah. they, just, they just picked three yeah. and just thought like, well, don't worry about the rest. Um, but I, you know the, the reasons for they're there are cool you know like we've got the Stormcast mm. they're there because obviously as we know the Vanguard Chambers are you know they're scouts effectively that's why they've ended up there they're obviously they're looking for mm. I think Sigmar has basically sent them for to look for ancient relics especially since the Necroquake um, which obviously will tie in with things like Forbidden Power and things like that and yeah you know that makes yep. perfect sense of why they're there you know the Night Haunt is, again, mm-hmm. due to the Necroquake. I mean, Nagash has got a lot to answer for, hasn't he, when you think about oh, it. Like, it's, almost it really like, it's almost like everything <laughs> that comes out now is like, because of the Necroquake, <laughs> the, mm.
2: this has happened, or
0: this is going to happen. It's like Everyone's like, Nagash! Mm.
2: <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God, why didn't you stay in your
0: bedroom and listen to your Nirvana albums? For God's sake, don't. <laughs> it's causing trouble. <laughs> And, oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, th- there's only so much lore in this in this book, and it's obviously, like I said, just mm. purposefully to just give you effectively a taste of, of things because um, I don't, I think that's about as much as we can sort of really cover with this. Yeah, um, yeah. A- as of now, unless uh, like until we we because mm. we will get more info on this. Um, is there anything else oh, you yeah. wanted to add?
1: Um, not really. I'm interested to see if they go. For Warcry expansions, if they go by, and here's another slice of the Varen Spire, mm-hmm. like here's a here's here's the next one over. Here's how the environments can be different here. Here's the different warbands that show up over there. Would be really interesting as well. Um, but apart from that, I don't. know, it, It's a good read. Um, mm-hmm. I might I might recommend if you're not planning to get into into war cry, maybe don't get it just because it the lore is relatively light on the ground. Uh, However, I will say, you should get into Warcry, because it's quite good. Um (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's... uh, Mm. But yeah, I'd agree. I I don't... I wouldn't... Buy, you know don't buy the book just for the these bits of lore because like I said there's not enough to justify it but like I said if you if someone's got a copy or you can just read one just yeah flick through it because you, you can soon read through it and it just gives you a nice taste of basically what we've been talking about anyway but mm. like I said like you I'm hoping that as expansions come out it will start fleshing these things out and I, and like I said I, I'm I'm glad ultimately that and hoping that like I said just because it's a spin-off of AOS, you know, Warcry as a game, I'm I'm glad that it's still part of the main bit. Like, it's not just like it's mm. own, in its own isolated area. Like, having connections to the bigger, more you know, the bigger, the bigger mortal realms as a whole, as a universe, to me, is great. You know, it's mm. like, you know, similar to, again, I suppose similar to Necromundo in the sense that, you know, the underhives are legitimate areas on mm. planets in the 40k universe and yes they are a bit isolated because they're doing their own things but it's still part of the bigger world and you know you do have you know you've got the fact you've got chaos cultists mm. gene stealer cults end up you know there is that connection and that's what i'm i like here the fact you it's not just all chaos you do have the main you know the other factions having you know their own representatives in this and again if this can be tied in and, and be progressed more from a law perspective i'll be really impressed i'll be really happy mm. with that so yeah as always we shall see so uh right okay well that'll be <laughs> it for this one uh, we'll take our last little break um and then we're gonna have a nice little discussion about who needs a bit of love back soon And welcome back to the final part of this episode. So, uh, as alluded to earlier, we are going to have a chat about the e- Xenos factions in Warhammer 40k. Um, this is basically, I think, really sort of something that sprung off something we were talking about online recently, especially on Discord, because um, obviously, as we know, Primaris of obviously getting a lot of new releases now at the moment. And obviously, you know, it, it naturally brings up conversation about the Xenos factions. And obviously, I suppose it depends who you play and which factions you like, which ones, you know, do you, you, know, do you feel that some factions are not getting as much love as others? Um, again, I mean, this is a topic <laughs> for maybe another day, because obviously the reason you know the primaris etc get the attention is obviously i mean we don't know for certain obviously we but we can obviously guess why uh they do but uh you know off the back of that um we you know we thought let's let's have a chat about the xenos factions let's you know put aside primaris and (laughs) and all the marines and stuff let's talk about the xenos and sort of think right okay so at the moment what do they you know what do we feel they need you know all the you know faction by faction or any particular faction what do they need you know to sort of I suppose, bring them up, you know, especially from obviously like a model perspective and things like that, um, to sort of where people may feel they're happy where they are. I mean, again, this is a purely, <laughs> I suppose, mm-hmm. a purely subjective thing because some people may be purely happy with their factory. Mm. Nope, I'm good. I've, you know, I've got everything <laughs> I need on. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Whereas obviously some people uh, are not of that opinion. So, um, yeah, so Cameron, I mean, any you know, what, do you, what are you thinking? Is there any particular faction you think that needs a bit of love?
1: So I'd say, first off, I'd love every Xenos faction to get a new codex in the vein of the new Space Marine Codex, just something that makes them super cool and unique, especially if you don't yep. cross over for the factions that can soup, which is mm-hmm. basically Eldari and Tyranids. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> there's not a lot of soup <laughs> yep. outside of the Imperium and Chaos. Um But I think there are a few factions that are pretty clearly fine overall in terms of, let's just say model line, like Tyranids, no real problems there. Uh, there, there are a few things that are still in fine cast and metal, but like the thing, good thing about Tyranids is if you're willing to put in a little extra work, you can just make those out of most of the Tyranid warrior kit. Like I've seen (laughs) some, I've seen some great Lictor kit bashes. I've seen a couple of good Biobor kit bashes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Likewise, Gene Sealer Cults absolutely fine in terms of models. Don't need any help there. Uh, I would also say the Tau are in a pretty good place, and the Orcs are in a pretty decent place too. Um, I mean, the Orcs could do with maybe a new, an, a, an updated boys kit. Be nice, but it's not one hundred percent necessary because uh, mm. it's, it's still it's still an okay kit. I would just like them to be bigger and meaner looking. Uh, which, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and Tau, all their basic line infantry and plastic, I guess Tau could do with some love in terms of auxiliary races. So like some love for Croot, some love for Vespa, yeah. maybe a few yeah. other auxiliary races would be interesting for them. But I think the big cause of goal for a lot of people are probably <laughs> is probably in Eldari and mm. I'm going to say Necrons is where I'm also going to put yeah. that on. Primarily Eldari, because aspect warriors are a really important thing if you're playing craft worlds, and they're pretty much all fine cast, and they're all super old, and I cannot blame people for being mad about that, because Mm. they're really, really old and out of date. Like, it's the same as, like, I couldn't blame Chaos Space Marine players for being unhappy, seeing all the new primary stuff, and then going, our Chaos Marines came out in 98, and have not (laughs) changed since. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, now there is a new Chaos Space Marine kit that's super nice. So, I'm hoping we can see an update to Eldari. I'd say Eldari Infantry in general. The jet bikes still look really good. All the vehicles still look fantastic. Like, I know the Wave Serpent and Fire Prism kits are super old at this point, but they still look mm. great. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess maybe the War Walker could use an update, but I don't see anyone ever take that. Um. So, <laughs> that, that's like the the Sentinel with the super long legs, basically, but it's Eldari. <laughs> um, if, yeah, if no one's uns- if no one's sure what that is because you haven't seen one. Um, all the wraith stuff looks fantastic. All the characters look really, really good. Especially the, I mean, there's a few not in plastic, but if if the fine cast ca- characters could go into plastic, that would be awesome. But they're still the the plastic ones are really good. Um, and then over on the Necron side, Necron warriors are all right compared to the rest of the Necron range, I feel they could use some love, just give them some more poses, a little more detail, um, maybe stop selling them with the fluoro tube for the gun, and just give them a nicely modeled gun, because we have contrast paints, so we can do bright colors easily now. Um, (laughs) True, yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah, Necron line infantry, I feel, is where it really needs an upgrade there, just because the Necron warriors are really cool, but the models super super old and they're all in that sort of squat firing the gun pose that's <laughs> relatively hard to change up without unbalancing the whole model etc etc um but yeah i mean in terms of inari all the Inari models are plastic they're great drukhari most of the drukhari stuff is also really good um some mm-hmm. more plastic the, some more plastic kits would not go awry but like the carbolite and the Witches kits are beautiful the um the rack kit is nice but it's I didn't know it was plastic uh, until fairly recently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> still thought they were fine cars, but apparently they're not. Um, yeah, I think I think overall it's just I'd say Eldar is the main focus because a lot of people love Eldar, and a yeah, lot of their absolutely. a lot of their important stuff is super old and needs an update. And then over to Necrons, decent amount of people like Necrons. Their basic infantry could use a bit of an update. We can say the same about Orcs for the Orc Boy, but. Um, I would say Tau, Tyranids, Gene steel Colts, absolutely fine. Don't need anything except like a super cool codex to really bring them into the fall for everyone. I mean, mm-hmm. like they, they've got decent codexes now as it is, but like I want, I want this new wave of super cool codexes that I'm really hoping is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I think we could see that. Um, I, I, I. I really agree with pretty much most of what you said there, really. I think yeah, the main focus and and it will always be uh, eldari especially the craft worlds, the plastic aspect wisees really need to be a thing at some point i'm mm. I don't believe for a second that g w aren't aware of that. I don't believe it's I don't believe either that that's not a thing that they've got in the works, maybe... I mean, when I say in the works, we could be talking a couple of years' time. I don't mean, like, yeah, it's going to drop yeah. next week. But I don't believe <laughs> that they've never considered it or it's not something mm. in the works. Again, remember, they work, you know, a couple, roughly a couple of years in advance. So, oh, yeah. there's, you know, yeah. if you imagine somewhere secretly on a secret location there's you know two years worth of roughly planned somewhere and Mm. there's a good chance that aspect warriors or plastic aspect warriors are somewhere in there because i i i believe that at some point they will push you know aldari particularly craft worlds as a Mm. thing you know even though you know competitively they're in a good place really they're, they're, str- they're a strong army but you know th- the problem is I think that as an Eldar player now you're pretty well when I say you're pretty limited at the moment obviously like you said that they got some lovely wraith stuff all the wraith guard the wraith knights etc but if you don't want to play that way which you know you in a th- in a way you shouldn't have to um mm. you you're getting into the realms of a lot of fine cast and a lot of outdated models because obviously yeah. if you look at the moment from a wraith perspective the start collecting boxes all wraith um mm. there's a on the GW site there's a craft worlds army that's like a little like a bundle that's mm. all uh wraith guard stuff as well yep. and again you know if it, it's lovely stuck in stuff but it's you know it's not like in my eyes or when especially back in the day El, you know playing aldari you're you know predominantly aspect warriors with guardians and things like that and then obviously a few flyers in as well um mm. they're lucky that the flyers are in a good position i think in general their vehicles are in a decent position it's just that you know, I'm just looking at the you know the dark reapers, the swooping hawks, <laughs> striking scorpions, etc. I mean, yeah. I mean to be fair, they're not terrible models. You know, when you look at them, you think, well, you know, they're still not bad. You know, they're not you know considering how old they are, they're not bad at all. Mm. But the fact you're relying on fine cast and you know, it, 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 I I think it's um, for a lot of people, it would be a make or break situation. Like, yeah. at the moment, if I wanted to collect mm. Eldari, I wouldn't until, plast- you know, there's Plastic Aspect Warriors. I wouldn't, because mm. that was the draw for me. Um, yeah. It's the same with the the Avatar of Kane. Oh, I mean, God, yeah, yeah, you know, Bloody such hell. an iconic, it's so iconic, <laughs> and, and now it really is showing his age. And again, of course, it's it's mm. fine cast as well. Yeah. in, in With, with the, all the recent sculpts we've seen in the recent years that GW have, have made, which have been absolutely fantastic, could you, I you know, I... I would, like, think of the old, like, let's switch up to the Keeper of Secrets. You see the old Mm. one, look at the new one now in comparison. Oh, yeah. And imagine what a 2019 or 2020, if it was next year, what the the current sculpt of the Avatar came like. It would be gorgeous. And it'd be huge as well. Because, again, at the moment, it's a bit tiny, (laughs) Mm. you know, in what it should be. It should be a lot bigger.
1: Yeah, in the day it was greater demon sized, and now greater demons mm. are much bigger. And it's effectively an Eldari greater demon. It should be big and imposing. It
0: should, yeah,
1: honestly, be like the Forge World avatar of Kane, which is mm-hmm. all I would all I would ask her for from an avatar plastic kit is. Give me the Forge World Avatar of Kane in plastic with more options, and I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I, w- I want to see an avatar with a sword and shield or a spear and shield as well, mm. not just a sword or a spear. All kinds of all kinds of cool stuff that can be done with it to expand it a little. Yeah, and I mean, like also the big problem with a bunch of important stuff being fine cast in Eldari is it really holds them back in the rules because yeah. I remember when yeah. kill when Kill Team first came out because Games Workshop. Really only wants to push plastic kits these days, and I don't blame them because their plastic kits are amazing. And fine cast is these days usually fine, but it's nowhere mm-hmm. near as good as the plastic. Nope. And it, it's, a, I feel they're a little embarrassed about it, corporately speaking.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I totally agree. I think yeah, they
1: are. But like when, when Kill Team came out, all the Eldar players went, Excuse me, this is a game about small infiltrating teams on covert missions. Why are there no striking scorpions? <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah. it's and it's not because there's no elites, because they were like, there were reavers for Primaris, you know, mm. there were elites for the Gene Genestealer cults, all that kind of stuff. And the reason, honestly, was because you can't put a box of striking scorpions with some terrain and call it one of those kill team boxes, because they're mm. all fine cast. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Wish. totally agree, and it, mm. yeah, it's, it, it, no, it shows. You're right. It completely shows that that they, it, again, it's as an Eldar player. I mean, it, it's it's fine if you're historically an Eldar player where you've probably got a lot of these models and you've had to, you know, you probably may even have some of them in metal. Uh mm. it, It's just that if you're a new, you know, a new player where you know, let's be honest, they they're a very unique race, and and when you see them, you think, oh, I would love to collect those. It, you know, it's one of those where. It, like I said, it will be, I can guarantee it will put people off and, and I don't blame them. And, mm. and especially when you look at some of the characters, like, you know, again, some of the, you know, look at, like, look at, uh, like Jane Zarr and Morgan Ra and things like that. Mm. Again, they are you know, cause they're in the same boat, you know, where again, I, that was the one thing when I was younger, I, what I loved about the Eldari is the fact that you've got these aspect warriors and then you've got like a characters that, that's the, you know, the equivalent lord of that. Of mm. that particular aspect, you know, and it was just great when you could see, oh, look at the howling banshees with Jane's are, you know, it's all, it all, you know, they were so unique mm. to each other. And then, if you want the generic stuff like guardians and and then the wraith stuff, that's great, you know, you've got that, but mm. it gives them that personality that that they sort of don't have. You see what I mean? They don't, I think it's t- it's taking away their personality mm. when, I know mm. you could just turn around and go, well, just get the fine cast ones. And Okay, that's that's fine. You can get them. <laughs> it's just that, you know, you think, mm, I I would be loath to, you know, to sort of, because, you know, obviously I, I saw some of them yesterday at, um, mm. at Warhammer World, you know, because you see them in the cabinets. And you're right, because we, we were saying that a lot of the fine cast stuff does look better than it used to. I don't know mm. if they've just the way they're doing things or maybe they've tweaked the you know the the, uh, the formula so <laughs> to speak but it is looking better but it's still you know i mean Martin, who who do, obviously I went with and I work with, he he's getting back into doing Eldarian, and to the point where he wants striking scorpions, but he's getting to the point now where he's looking at alternative, like literally almost literally converting and kit bashing them from mm. a combination of of uh, Games Workshop and third party stuff, and he, yeah. and then when you sort of when you're looking at the prices of you know of getting all these parts it's almost like three, two three times the cost of buying them just from you know the normal kit from gw but he's mm. more willing to do that be, to get around not having to have the yeah. fine cast ones where they're potentially bendy swords because <laughs> of <laughs> you know and things are like and it's and it's a shame really so I, mm. I yeah i think totally agree these probably need the most love out of all of them um the one thing that probably helps the uh, Craftwells particularly is they do have still quite a big range. That's what also factors in mm. that, you know, even if you take away the Aspect Warriors, you still have a lot of choice to be fair. I know that slightly may contradict what I've been saying, but you know, that's probably what helps them. You know, if they, because obviously like if they were the size of the Harlequin options, and they were all fine cast. You'd, you'd be really struggling. You know, if you're like, I don't, I want to yeah. stay away from fine cast. Well, you can't really use anything <laughs> because they're all fine cast. So at least, at least with, you know, craft wells, you've got still quite a few non fine cast options. Mm. Um, I think the other one that to me that would, uh, obviously in cahoots with this would be the Chikari. I think, um, they're, mm. they're still not in a bad place. Um, they still got obviously a lot of their main stuff is in in plastic and still looks very good. So, you know, Mm. like, like their witches and their cabalites and stuff, they're all plastic. And, and obviously a lot of their, um, their flyers are. So again, if you're a Jakari player, you're probably okay. Um, It's just, but then if you dive a bit deeper into their range, uh, that's the ones that are, again, a lot of fine cast, Mm. you know, yeah, you know, there's there's some,
1: that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Racks and I think, and like the incubi and stuff like that. Um R-
1: racks are plastic. I think it's oh, Are they
0: gr- plastic? I oh yes, sorry. Grotes- yeah, tell a lie. Yeah.
1: Maybe grotesques aren't. Maybe the grotesque I, is know uh, yes, grotesques I- are fine cast, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they've again it's not breaking them, you know, it's it just that I think that if you're a Jakari player and you know, you have got your base stuff and then you want to take it to another level or, or mix it up, you then you are having to, you know. Mm. deep, you know, dive into fine cast. But I think, luckily, because the main stuff, is still looks really good. You know, your Venoms, so your Cabalite Warriors mm. and such like, they still look really good, Um, you know, f- considering they're not, like, brand-new models. I think, again, you can get away with it. Um I, I think Harlequins could do with more options, to be honest. I don't mean, like, I think that all their models look fantastic. So I'm not talking pu- from, a, like, a fine cast plastic. I meant just... Give them a couple more units, really. I know they're a bit of a funny faction, anyway, but I don't mm. think it would be a bad thing if you gave them, you know, something else, just to. Because again, I I think a lot of Harlequin players may be put off because you don't have much to choose from. To be honest, you're a pe- yeah. you know you're pre- pretty pretty uh, thin on the ground, but what you do have is really cool. So you know, depends which way <laughs> depends which way you look at it. Really, mm. um, it'd be nice in a way that they sort of almost did what they've done with the custodies because again you can look at the custodies uh that Mm. they have very limited you know really they don't have many options when it comes to troops um but they're then what helps them is the fact they've got like an you know an influx of lots of forge world stuff which again i know gets expensive but you've you know here's your tanks here's your your cool alternative terminators whereas it's almost like i wouldn't mind it if harlequin's got some forge world stuff and they said you know here we go here's two or three things that you could add in that are really cool as well and it would just give you because again i just imagine that again mm. I'm, i can't say this for certain i imagine quite a few harlequin players probably play them for a bit and they may drop them because like well they're a bit one-dimensional you like because of mm. c- purely because the choices you've got available to you but no, yeah I don't play them so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. um i but I think when I like said like you said when it comes to the others I think tower are in a good place to be fair mm. I think you've got lots of options again don't forget Tau forge world you've got so yeah. many options over mm. there that people I think forget about um gene Steelers, again they've had a nice they got a, you know a bigger update than I thought they would you know all those new hqs mm. and oh, yeah. the bikes and everything so they're in a good place and obviously you can Uh, almost Nick, uh, you know, Astra Militarum stuff as well, you know, so you can always incorporate those in. Same with the orcs. I know that's a bit of a contentious subject, but I think with the orcs, they got a decent update, you know, in recent times. They've got a strong codex, they've got Mm. vehicles and you can you know treat them as looters make them you know build them as whatever everyone else has got <laughs> oh <laughs> <So> yeah <honest. laughs>
1: yeah every vehicle release an orc vehicle release if you're
0: brief exactly exactly <laughs> and that's the way you got to look at them um but yeah tyranids i think are in a good place you know they're mainly all plastic and to be fair they don't age, they don't age badly tyranids i don't think anyway mm. um so i think they're okay uh, and and again, when it comes to necrons, like you said, I think yes, they again they could do with um, a bit of love. I think the problem is that that it, it would come down to a priority thing because, like we always say, that you know, GW have only got so much time, only so much resource. They've got to prioritize what you know, what's best for them, you know, realistically as a business. Mm. And I think Necrons, unfortunately, I don't think would come to the top. Again, not because I think they won't get the attention. I think like, you know, if you talk about the factions we've just been talking about, Craft Worlds would definitely get the attention over the Necrons because, Mm. again, they're a bit of a niche thing, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve it either. You know, depends which side of the fence Mm. you're on, I think. So, yeah, that's been a We've got that off our chests. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm sure anyone listening, you've all got your all all different opinions on on this. But, uh, you know, Xenos will always get their time. Like I said, they have had a good amount of stuff in in recent times. You know, again, it depends on who you play as. But, you know, Mm. I suppose, like, from GW's perspective, they've got to keep topping things up, you know, ultimately – Primaris and Space Marines will get the most because that's their moneymaker. And you know, if and if a faction gets too far behind, they will, you know, they will they will get their time at some point. Like you know, what I've just said about like Harlequins, for example, they probably don't need, you know, there's probably no real need to update them or give them mm-hmm. extra stuff realistically because you know they got a Codex, you know, that's not too old. Um, They've got enough units; they're all pretty much in plastic. So, what do we need to do for them? you know we you know if you're looking at it from GW's perspective so hmm. <sighs> right cool okay well that's been our uh, discussion topic and that'll be the end of our our episode i it. said it's been good fun we've been painting stuff we've been playing <laughs> stuff you know we've been we've been active hobby stuff you know we've had mm-hmm. nice chat about warcry and obviously all the stuff in the news so long may it continue yeah and uh most importantly Cameron. where can people find you on the internet
1: uh uh, you can find me on twitter at night underscore twitten that's night without a k uh for cat and brisket photos not cat and brisket together (laughs) because she's not allowed to eat my brisket (laughs) but cat and brisket separately uh (laughs) lovely where where can they find you uh yeah
0: you can also find me on twitter at ninja badger seven And also you can find our podcast on there as well at realm and ruin, which is where most of our stuff happens. You'll see some of the photos from Warhammer world yesterday, obviously some of the things that we've been working on. Um, and yeah, you know, come follow us and see what we're up to. And as always, if you've got anything you would like us to cover in future episodes, obviously always feel free to contact us either via our website at realmandruin.com or obviously Mm. our Twitter as well. Um, but I mean, the good thing is, like I said, we've got you know most of the, the rest of this year planned. Um, but we are, you know, we'll still we'll move it around as and when I'm sure <laughs> random <laughs> releases drop out of nowhere. Cause I'm sure that will <laughs> happen at some point for the rest of this year. And uh, and again, as we said earlier, congratulations to our two competition winners. And I'm sure yeah. I'm sure we'll have more in the future as well. Um, hope you've enjoyed this one. And as always, we'll catch you on the next show. Bye.
2: Ta-ra.